You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All righty. How's it going, Tux? It's going. <laughs> we missed you last week, but it was fun with Tony. Yeah, we had Tony in the, in the driver's seat. That was fun. Yeah, I've been out of town. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's been a good week. Uh, how about yourself? Got all the audio and stuff working? <laughs> Dude, I don't get it. It's like Groundhog Day. Every day, we it's like we're starting from scratch every time we do this. It's this, it's this mixer, which we've had for years. I think maybe at some point we messed up a setting. So basically what's happening is if I don't turn on echo cancellation in StreamYard, you guys hear an echo, right? And the reason you're hearing an echo is because our mixer is like routing the sound in the wrong way where it routes it back into like my, so you guys can hear it. Um, it's really annoying because like, so basically I can't plug my headphones into the mixer. I have to plug them into like another output device on the computer for it to work. It's like, what's the point of having a mixer? <laughs> it's like, so as, as soon as we get XMR bizarre up and running, I, I am, uh, I'm selling this mixer. Somebody can buy it. will be at a very, very cheap price. You could probably figure it out. Maybe get it to work. Maybe I'll also be hiring somebody for services to come to uh, come to our studio and fix our sound. Those will be my two first XMR Bizarre posts. But yeah, man, I'm excited for XMR Bizarre too, right? Looks like we're very close. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've been Every time I take a look, I, I do see um, it's getting a bit, uh, a bit closer. I didn't check this morning, but like it sounded like he was ready to start uh, having people create accounts. So maybe maybe by next show, next week, we'll have that going. I mean, this is this is what he was saying the other day. I don't know. There's, there's always like three more steps, though, right? Always. Um, uh, very excited for that, though. Very excited for that. Uh, big show today. We got the usual stuff. Plus, we're breaking back the dev report. We got somebody uh, that will be joining us today doing that. Underson. Underhausen. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's super cool. We'll be coming on. He's going to be testing out Samurai Bitcoin to Monero atomic swaps. It's pretty cool. Live on air. Let's uh, hopefully we'll get going. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is right. movement with atomic swap stuff happening in the Monero space, uh, and then this year is going to be big for that. And then like going into decentralized um, exchanges, also uh, atomic swaps plus dexes are going to be big in the next uh, this year, next year, to be honest. Yeah, out of out of necessity, right? Which is uh, yeah. Mother of invention. So Monero is being forced to move in this direction, which is a fucking great thing. Uh, and that's why it's ahead of the pack with regards to all other crypto projects, right? In terms of being ready for being completely decentralized and untethered from the centralized fiat system. Yeah, I mean, it's only going to make people find ways around that and make it more independent than it already was. So, I mean, I will be honest. Like, I don't, like, I think atomic swaps, Bitcoin to Monero is fantastic bridge but as a monero person i'd be very reluctant to trade my monero for bitcoin in an atomic swap it's just because it's like 
it's literally people that are looking to clean their their Bitcoin. So you're getting you're getting dirty Bitcoin. Yeah, like why don't you do that with that? Right. It's like, I mean, it's great that it's bringing. I love that samurai added it. Right. Uh, so people are see, are understanding that Monero is okay. Right. That uh, Bitcoin privacy people are are okay with Monero as a technology yep, to be accepted as the uh, as right. as the coin you use to wash your Bitcoin. And then as people start doing it and they're like trading their Bitcoin for Monero, they're going to become to the realization of why am I jumping through all these hoops? Why don't I just use Monero and stick to Monero, right? So love it for all those reasons. But as a Monero user, I'm not really looking to go trade my Monero for atomic swapped Bitcoin. Um, this is my is my thing, right? Am I, am I wrong about that? Yeah, no. Fortunately, me, I'm not. Unless it's a service that just like only accepts bitcoin maybe uh that's that's a decent way to do it in atomic swap yeah. but otherwise i'm probably gonna stick with monero because it's also cheaper to transact yeah yeah all right well we'll talk about that more in the dev report um but yeah let's 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 get it moving let's get it going all right price report with body yes let's go The Monerotopia Price Report segment is sponsored by Local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat, peer-to-peer. What's up, boys? What's going on, man? How you doing? Good, good, good. How was the uh, the event? It was fun. Yeah, I, I mean, I was only there for like the last day, but uh, but it was good. Uh, I mostly go to those things just to say hi to old friends, um, less so than for the, the talks. Monerotopia, on the other hand, a bunch of smart dudes saying a bunch of stuff that, that I only just barely understand. But- so, Wait, what uh, event did you go to? Uh, it was the Greater East. Derek Rose has been hosting it for ah, three years. That's now. awesome. Yeah, that's a new. That's super cool. Yeah, it was in uh, Morelia, Mexico, which is like cool. kind of halfway in between uh, Me- Mexico City and Puerto Vallarta. Did you get a good crowd? How many people? About how many people show up? Uh, I feel like there was maybe three to four hundred people. Oh, wow, yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. good. Yeah, yeah. Any arrow-related conversations taking place? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's might even be a guy that can. Get you a, uh, a visa or a, a credit card, debit card, uh, straight for Monero for here in Mexico of all places. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, that's the thing. A lot of these other cards are um, are like they only work in the U.S. or they only work in certain countries, and Mexico isn't one of them typically. Right, 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 right. Okay, and, so, and somebody's uh, solved that problem. Um, I don't know if they've exactly solved the problem. Like they've kind of they, they kind of solved it like, to a degree. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm not sure how formally official it is. Like. I think it's all within the scope of the lay, the law, but um, I don't think it's like advertised in, in a very corporate fashion. A lot of people there use Monero. Use Monero. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to. Uh, maybe we'll get Derek Bros to come to the the next Monerotopia. Uh, he he was great at the first one. I, it looked like he was having a great time <laughs> um, up on stage. I think he enjoyed it. I think he enjoyed. Yeah, he it. travels around quite a lot. I think. Um, I mean, I think he still got a pretty. Pretty lively schedule for next year or this year. Body, what do you what do you think is uh you think it's gonna work out for you? Argentina, Buenos Aires, December. Oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna go. There's no doubt. What 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 date in December? I'm guessing early December before Maybe Christmas. The the first weekend in December, and that's when La Bitconf is gonna be as well. So La Bitconf is from that Thursday to Saturday. Really, they say Sunday, but last time they didn't do anything on a Sunday. It's just kind of like breakout, you know, close down day. Um, so we're looking to to do Monero Topia on the Saturday and Sunday. So kind of yeah. overlapping a little bit. 
And then Sunday is when we'll have the marketplace going. Uh, we're really close to being able to announce something because we think we found the venue. It should be pretty cool. We're trying to essentially rent out an entire hotel. Um, and then we'll have the... Oh, that would be really cool. Yeah, everybody hanging out there. We'll have the talks in there. And then it'll be juxtaposed to the marketplace, which will be outside, which is like a you know not, not our marketplace. It's a pre-existing marketplace uh, that we'll be next to. And then the idea is getting... You know, over the next couple of months, we'll be onboarding all the vendors at that marketplace. By the time we do Monerotopia, uh, everybody in the marketplace will be using Monero. So it should be yeah, cool. the place we had in Mexico. It was it was cool. It was cool, but it definitely would be easier if like everyone was in like it was like a uh, I guess more proper conference. Everyone was in the same place. It makes it easier for everyone to come together and uh, be and you know they're closer because some people are at different places in Mexico, like depending on where they stayed. Yeah, it's a uh, quality bonding time, right? If we have like 50 rooms rented out in a hotel, people there from, I'm thinking everybody would come and stay Thursday through Sunday. Um, so that on like Thursday and Friday, they could go to La BitConf if they want, or maybe they want to be a speaker there as well, right? So if they're coming all the way down to us, they could go and hang out at La BitConf as well. And uh playing on running Maritopa right as LeBitConf is happening at the same time. Well, LeBitConf will be on Thursday and Friday, right? So people can go go to LeBitConf on those days, and then we'll start on Saturday. I see. I see. A little overlap. That's cool. That's the current plan. I mean, we'll see. We could adjust it a little bit, but uh, I'm excited. Thinking maybe we should do like a hackathon too. Luke Luke uh, Parker had mentioned that at the last Monerotopia. He was getting all excited about that concept. And this would kind of be the perfect venue scene for that, because if it's everybody staying at a hotel for four days together, then people can kind of go off and work on their projects. Um, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, I don't know, I don't know what would come of it, but it could be cool, right? If uh, people try to hack away some kind of little useful Monero app over the weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it could be exciting. Uh, definitely. I definitely plan on being there. All right, buddy. We'll let you, we'll let you take away the price. Just want to get that information out there. No, it's good information, 100%. Uh, let's see, guys. Turn your, make sure you're on you. If you're on YouTube, make sure you're turning to uh, 1080p. Sometimes YouTube will downgrade you. Uh, and if you're on Twitter, Spaces, you know, get on YouTube and check out these charts. They look cool. All right, so um, let's go. Let's start with the Monero price. Um, even though there's not a whole lot to talk about here, a um, little bit of signs of life, signs of hope. Let's uh, be weird and start with XMR theory, which we've never done. Uh, okay, so XMR theory kind of broke down as we had we had talked about. Um, and we said, we really, really need this thing to stop now and then jump back uh, above these bands here. So normally what I'd expect is for the price to um, sort of encounter the lower standard deviation bands and then uh, stop and then kind of start going back down. At this moment, it's, it's actually gotten above them. Um, although the bands have curled down. So, um, I mean, it is kind of a precarious place to be We we in terms of the ratio to Ethereum, that is not, not the US. Um, so right now, I mean, we want to see a little bit more action to the upside. We really want to tag top of this... Um, of these uh, orange bands right here, kind of like this area. Tagging the top of that area would actually be a really good sign that price is probably, uh, relative to Ethereum, going to end up stabilizing um, as opposed to going down again. So um, not out of the woods yet. This is still like a very dangerous chart in terms of the ratio. So, um, But, you know, it is nice that we've had some recovery. Pretty much all of that recovery since, since our price hey, is... Large. Jumping in, are you changing screens right now? Because I think people are saying... Uh... Yeah, it's static. Oh, interesting. Uh um, let me stop presenting and let me present again and see. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those charts are very beautiful. <laughs> okay, I'm sharing again. Okay, yeah, moving stuff. And now you're dynamic. 
Excellent. It's dynamic. Yes. I'm always dynamic, bro. What are you talking <laughs> about? No longer static. Just playing. All right. So, um, all right. Well, we'll take a quick step back here. Uh, Monero versus Ethereum. That's the chart we're looking at here. And all these colorful lines are what I call wave magic. They are standard deviation bands. The blue lines are upper standard deviations, technically moving standard deviation. It's like you have a moving average, right? The 10 day, the 50 day, the 100 day, the 1000 day moving average. Um, in this case, uh, we overlay all of them and this is what pops out. So, Unfortunately, YouTube doesn't quite give us the resolution to necessarily to always give us um, like the best, clearest view of these charts, but um, they look pretty good for my end. Okay, anyway, so um, just to recap, uh, we said that um, XMR versus Ethereum had kind of dipped down and jumped back up. Typically, what I expect is to stop in this kind of point and then um, continue the downslide. However, um, and it does happen where you will just like drop a low violently and then immediately come back up. So what I want to see is I would like to see price. I would like to see the Monero versus the chart get back to around this area. And then um, and getting around to this area here where that yellow line is, or I just drew that, that would be a sign that, um, you know, we'll probably end up finding a stable price uh, to Ethereum. Um, whereas, like, we're still kind of at a precarious point where things could, could drop back down, especially since these orange bands are already curling down. They are slightly, I mean, they're not, they're not short term. They're not long term. They're kind of medium term. You'll notice that they've been forming for the past year um, since uh, since the beginning of 2022. So that's Monero versus Ethereum. Uh, given what I think Ethereum is going to do and how well it's actually doing on layer two and it's like rollups and stuff. And yes, it's all custodial at least for now. And whether they'll actually make that non-custodial is anyone's guess. Um, but at any rate, there's billions of dollars on that ecosystem. Ethereum actually has a layer two that's currently scaling. Um, and as long as custody is okay, <laughs> according to our good friends, the Bitcoin maximalist custody is an okay solution, um, you know, for, uh, for layer two. So, um, you know, Ethereum is like trouncing. So, uh, yeah, that's, um, the reason that, that, uh, this, this dip and bounce happened on the Ethereum versus Monero price was because of Monero's action, um, on the U S dollar, which is basically, I mean, things crashed probably related to that whole delisting FUD. I'm guessing half this craft crash was manufactured. Um, or kind of made to happen to sort of supplement um, the, uh, oh no, they're delisting everything. Um, and we're kind of bouncing back now, right? Um, so this is a good sign. It's a good sign of like, hey, there's, it's it's going to be difficult to get the price much lower than these these very long-term, um, well, not very long-term, uh, somewhat long-term band structures here. So, um, you know, and, and again, the big thing that happened with Ethereum was it pumped, Bitcoin pumped, right? Everything pumped with the ETF and the Monero, which is like stable coined. Uh, sideways the entire time pretty much so that's what these this big dip was made of and um i'll show more throughout the, the sh i'll show more throughout the presentation here but i do think that um i think it's very reasonably plausible now i, I won't say it's like a high high likelihood but i think it's more likely than not that um that bitcoin and altcoins are gonna make another run up here it not not like a massive run but i think they're like they're just gonna rebound um at least close to the top side to their previous local high so, um, and then you can see Monero Bitcoin basically did the same thing, right? We have kind of like V-shape um, price structure. Typically what I've seen on these kinds of V-shapes, like when this happens, what I typically see is a lot of this, right? You just see sideways ranging um, until some decision is made um, by the price to decide where it wants to go. Um, let's see, recovering a little bit on, again, also, you know, same kind of story, recovering again on the uh, XMR dominance. Um, this little wick down there and then I'm moving up. Okay. Hopefully that could be kind of a bottoming wick. There. And again, that's, um, as we talked about last week that, uh, the uh, head and shoulders pattern is, is, has been invalidated here. Like we can't, uh, we can't call this a head and shoulders anymore. 
there was like this this plausible moment where it was like almost about to confirm and, and then it just went the other way fortunately so well what are you gonna do sad day sad, sad times there um we've got uh, so i put this on a slightly longer time frame um we're looking at 15 minutes times uh 216 <laughs> increments i don't know how much that is maybe i could do the math real quick times two i hate it when i put my um my my number pad onto uh, onto lock so that's 30,240 maybe this is not like the best thing to do on the show all right this is 504 hours of uh, of look back so um uh, basically for the last week or so um really for the last like two or three weeks overall um we've seen poloniex do a lot of volume weighted divergence i don't think i believe poloniex volume but maybe like maybe it's like insiders moving their monero around like I mean, you know that these insider guys need to do shady things and you know that they need to use monero like it, I don't think just completely hate Monero. I, I think they need to use it from time to time. Um, but they trade it on their own exchanges where they have agreements with each other. Like, oh, yeah, we're not going to freeze your account for all the um, shady money laundering stuff y'all are doing or whatever. Um, that's I don't know. Polo got taken over, I think, recently. Like, they had, like, I keep getting these emails. Maybe it's Bit, Bittrex. I can't remember which one. I think it's Bittrex. I think Polo is resolved. But Bittrex keeps telling me, you have money, and you just have to give us your personal identifying information and say, no, no, thank you. Keep the money, assholes. Fortunately, it'll probably just end up in the government hands, but whatever. Uh, okay, on to hopefully happier, happier things than that. Um, uh, let's not look at the macro. So, um, I, I read you some of the lines on the Bitcoin chart recently. Um, we tried to simplify it. The chart was too busy. It was too noisy. Too much junk going on. Um, so effectively, kind of what we had. What you'll notice for a very long period of time, what we had is this, um, this sort of rising wedge action, and, um. Man, from what I've seen the past, let's just say six months or more, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin just they they haven't seemed to obey very good um like they they don't seem to follow chart dynamics too much or at least like pleblin chart dynamics because a lot of these lines are pretty clear, uh, pretty clear to drop. What's interesting? So we kind of had this big drop down here and then uh, followed up against the line. It got above it and, and then it now we're basically in this range. So one way I kind of think of this is like this area right here is sort of like. That's kind of like the um, the trend, and we're basically back in that uptrend, right? We're basically back in that same trend. Or another way that you could draw this is instead of trying to draw, you know, connecting tops and bottoms, what you could do is just draw a center line through this all and say, okay, the current overall trend with um, with ups and downs, peaks and valleys, the current overall trend is basically uh, this line that's highlighted. All right, that that uh, thick white line there. Um, so effectively, like that's Bitcoin price is just trending up, right? It's just trending up against that line. So um, we can also look at the total market cap. Um, this one, so I like the total market cap chart, the pleb lines. I like them a little bit better. It seems to be just following this nice channel um, for the most part, except for this little area down here. Um, I also like the way that it's the dynamics of total have played out on the on the wave magic. Just it's a cleaner chart. The Bitcoin chart is just much more dirty. Maybe it was a mistake to kind of to disregard the total chart for a period of time. But you'll notice, okay, so we get up here, we come, you know, to these longer term standard deviation what's funny is you'll notice that, that these go back a very long way like those these these standard deviation cluster that goes back um, for years really so um effectively right out into this this range and then you'll see that moving average clusters is where it held support before moving up um right now this chart would definitely suggest and this is another reason why that there's probably more upside here over the next week or so um is because like the wave magic on this chart is pretty clear. It does suggest um, getting to to this sort of like target area up here. Um, doesn't have to be exactly that time frame, right? It, maybe it's over here in April. Um, I, I do tend to think that like 
there's probably reasonably good upside potential here for the next, let's just say, month or so. Um, obviously, with ups and downs and whatnot. Effectively, it looks like that, again, that long-term moving standard deviation cluster, price is finding support there, and it seems like the next thing is for it to kind of bounce up here to this top side. So um, I don't think that this um, this wonderful price goodness action will last forever. Uh, I think that at some point, this is going to have to take a, a little break. Um, I, I do see the signs continuing to move towards a direction of not like a not not a not a catastrophe, right? Not a meltdown, not 2008, but maybe uh, maybe last year, uh, March 2023, right? I, I do see things. The dynamics are moving to a direction where like they're they're just going to shift at some point, and probably there will be some washout. Um, if 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 a real if a real financial crisis does happen and it happens before the election. Uh, that that's probably because there's going to be some changing of the guard, right? They're gonna they're gonna put Trump in instead of Biden, um, and that would just be special. Um, I just don't. It's hard for me to think that um, Mr. Warp's vaccine is going to do anything different than than what he did last time. Like he had every opportunity to do the right thing the first time, so I can't imagine why anyone would think he would do the right thing um, the second time around. Uh, but okay, we're not here to talk politics; we're here to talk price. So we're looking at Bitcoin dominance right here, and right now you'll notice that. Bitcoin dominance has basically been oscillating around the long-term moving average cluster. So right where I'm drawing that yellow line, hopefully y'all can see them, all those white lines, that cluster of white lines, kind of faint, but um, that's the long, long-term moving averages, and you'll notice that price is just basically oscillating around that moving average point. And that's kind of what moving averages are supposed to do, right? They're a magnet for price. You're supposed to basically um, come back down and tag those moving averages. They're supposed to act as, um, uh, as a trend point um, for price. So... Uh, yeah, right here we kind of had we we showed that uh, net rising wedge, uh, and then kind of break down from that. Um, surprisingly, Bitcoin dominance is still doing pretty good um, despite having broken down from that wedge. So uh, on this kind of action, I really do. I mean, I, you would expect that this should come back down to test something here. Bitcoin dominance needs to come back down to test this area, or maybe um, this moving average cluster. And you'll notice they're actually pretty close to the lower standard deviation clusters as well. So, um, but overall, like. Unless we're talking about the NASDAQ or the stock market or, you know, like majorly supported um, and preferenced assets or charts, um, typically with uh, with the standard deviation analysis, you expect uh, to come back down and test some important critical level before making another move, which could be to the upside or the downside. Personally, I think that downside is ultimately the cards for Bitcoin dominance. Um, I mean, just every narrative that they have has been shattered and crushed and hopes and dreams and everything. And. People are realizing that and laser eyes are coming off of profile picks now um, and have been for a while. So the other thing, too, is that um, we've got this dynamic. So we don't we want to be really careful about dubious speculation of just overlaying previous action on current action. One thing we want to point out that we crossed 2020. So if you look down here, um, right, this vertical area, uh, right as we crossed into 2020, you'll notice that there was kind of like a, a Bitcoin peak in the dominance and... Um, and then it just kind of bled out really almost for the entire year as altcoins um, performed pretty well and overall the markets performed pretty well. Um, uh, although we did have that that uh, financial crisis. And then obviously the the rescue of that um, tells people to get leverage into the higher leveraged assets and the more risky assets. So, um, you know, maybe unless we get some kind of crisis, you know, and, and then a, a response, crisis response, uh, then perhaps, you know, you wouldn't want to just overlay this chart. But at, at any rate, it does seem like it does seem like last year or last cycle, during this period of time, we saw Bitcoin make a big rise, make a big move on the dominance, and then kind of peak out and then sort of come down. 
And even without looking at the z-scores, you can you can tell that um, this sort of peak 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 action right here, these three peaks right there, um, that that is like falling um, falling momentum. So maybe I do have it. Uh, no, I do not. So um, and then uh, right now we can also get Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Um, I'm I'm looking at Ethereum to be coming back into some kind of prominence. It's uh, it's sort of been on the back burner for a while. All the focus has been on the Bitcoin ETF. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting. We we did see very similar action with the ETF release as we did in 2021. Things were they moved up on the hype into it. Um, although it was nice of them to tell us this time that it was probably going to happen because last time, last time they're just like it probably smashed, and then they're like, oh yeah, we're approving the ETFs. It's like okay, um, very few people were watching that news, but but okay. Anyways, um, so Ethereum during the time uh, that just happened here um, was not the focus, but now that that ETF has been approved, remember there's already the Ethereum Grayscale Trust. Um, there's already the Ethereum Futures ETS. Uh, so it, it just, at least I think so. I'm pretty sure on the Futures ETS for Ethereum. You know, don't quote me on that. I need to check. But at any rate, it does seem like Ethereum going to be the next one. It's going to get in there. It's going to get approved. And like, it doesn't matter which way you want to come from this. Um, like, you can hate Ethereum all you want, but all the people that hate Ethereum are almost always like, this is the this is Illuminati coin, right? This is the world coin. This is this is the corporately approved coin. Well, okay, if it's all those things, then it's going to get approved on ETF, right? Like, be consistent in that position. People that people that, uh, say those things about Ethereum. So just know that that will happen and ETH will probably get its own hype cycle. Right now, this is Ethereum versus Bitcoin. Right, it fell. And then right here, um, so we've got like this this fall. And then now that Ethereum is kind of like established as base, it hit the very long-term support. And then it, it found resistance at those upper standard deviation, or sorry, lower, the upper, the upper area of the lower standard deviation bands. Man, that's a mouthful. Um, we kind of found uh, resistant, resistance there and probably we'll spend some time with some sideways top and eventually to the upside. Um, maybe it could do it sooner rather than later, right? It doesn't have to necessarily do it now. Like it could, it could definitely creep on then moving up. But overall, I think the bias on Ethereum versus Bitcoin um, is moderately to the upside unless we get any kind of major failures. Another interesting thing you can see here is that um, that wick down, right, that big down, was directly into a cluster of, of moving averages. So uh, I do filtering on these charts because if I didn't, these charts would be covered with lines. So, like, there, there would actually be moving averages and standard deviations filling all of this space, all of this blank space. But but I do a filtering algorithm on it because um, it just it presents better. Because... Basically, those are just equidistant lines in these other in these blank areas, and they just they're irrelevant, right? They just clear the chart. Um, this is an easier way to see where the clustering happens. Um, okay, so yeah, that's that's pretty much. I mean, obviously, there's always a bunch of crazy shit coins to talk about uh, in cryptocurrency, but that's the big stuff. That's that's the overview. Um, oh, you know what? I did want to do one more look uh, at the relative prices. So, for example, total market cap. Now let's start with Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin's total. No, just Bitcoin priced versus the Nasdaq, um, BTC versus NDX, or NQ1 in this case with the futures, Nasdaq future, um, which has longer trading hours. So right now at this moment, you would kind of think, um, you really would kind of expect that there's the potential for, for Bitcoin to go to the top side of this um, of this line here. So if, uh, if anyone was paying that much attention, they would notice that this line was drawn like, and it's okay to redraw lines like, don't uh, don't be afraid of redrawing lines. Just don't haphazardly. Don't just like constantly be redrawing, be redrawing lines. But to me, like with these wicks, this seems like a pretty reasonable way to draw this line for a period of time. You'll notice that the first peak happened right at where you would expect it to. And that's where we had this line drawn for a long time. But the reality is that if we really wanted to draw the most shallow version of this line that we possibly could, 
right, which just connects to the tippy top of that of that wick right there, then you'll notice this line actually um, comes to sort of an intersection point with the upper standard deviation band. So uh, in reality, I would kind of be looking, I would kind of be looking for um, the Bitcoin versus NASDAQ, right, for Bitcoin to outperform the NASDAQ period of time, um, maybe over the next, let's just see, four months, uh, and to try and get into this upper standard deviation cluster. Uh, that, that's also kind of what happened last time. Backwards, backwards. Um, that's also what happened last time. The timelines are a little bit screwed up because uh, this top was in 2019, right? So instead of this massive recovery, um, you know, instead we've seen something that looks uh, more like that, right? It's it's been more of a gradual, uh, gradual movement. And personally, I, I kind of like that. I think it's better. Um, I think it's better for price if it moves gradually to the upside as opposed to just shooting to the upside. Although the way that price has moved, the action for the past year has basically been like two days of mega pump two, three days of mega pump, right? Like the pumps have all been very short timelines and then the rest of it is just down stairs, down sideways, um, it, right? We So it, even we have been pumping, it's been in like the most scammy way you could possibly imagine, which is uh, special. But um, anyways, that's Bitcoin versus the NASDAQ. Um, uh, I do think this chart would, would tend to suggest the opportunity for moving to the upside here. That that would be, that should be the next move. Um, and then the NASDAQ is also I'm encountering its own resistance points. Um, so we'll look at that in a second. And then this is total market cap um, versus NASDAQ. So the same deal. You'll notice it's not nearly as pumpy. It's not pumping quite as much, right? It's not as frothy as, as the Bitcoin versus NASDAQ chart. So, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I also think this chart looks a lot cleaner than uh, than the Bitcoin chart versus NASDAQ. So, um, and maybe, you know, maybe that's what happens here with Bitcoin is you just get this like vacillation of movement into Bitcoin and then pump shit coins and then, Go back to pumping Bitcoin, right? Just money flowing back and forth inside the casino, basically. So, um, yeah, this chart also um, would suggest the the potential for moving to the upside. We've had some oscillation period here in the local um, standard deviation bands, right? That would be the blue bands there and the orange bands there. Uh, and by local, I mean like for the last year. Um, so now things are at the top side. They've moved to the top side, um, I guess maybe consolidating here. But uh, yeah, I mean, moving up to this area would definitely be a reasonable thing to expect from this chart. The chart doesn't hardcore say that like it's going to, but or, um, in terms of ways wave magic, right? I'm not necessarily, you know, it is just one way of, of, of analyzing. So, but in terms of like the wave magic, you would say this is a positive look chart. It's not like insanely positive, but it's it's definitely positive. So um, let's go to the NASDAQ and I'll show you what a very, very positive wave magic chart looks like. Um, maybe that one too. Uh, that's right. I was looking at this on longer time frames yesterday. Uh, this kind of wave magic chart does look, does look pretty positive. Um, so this is the NASDAQ versus the S&P, right? Tech stocks versus, um, I don't know, more traditional, safer stocks, if you will. And obviously more risk, more reward. You get, uh, you get better returns there. And the thing is now, I think the the broad the, the broad investment ecosystem, um, whether that be plebs, finance pros, home, uh, family offices, they all basically know now that it's a game of leverage. They basically intuit that it's a game of money printing. And so... Um, they just like people just know like the Nas the stocks always go up. They're always going to get rescued. So why would you S and P to the Nasdaq because um, they're going to rescue that shit every time and it gets better gains, it gets better returns. So um, yeah, this chart is basically just like trending up. You'll notice that all of these bands are now moving to the upside. You'll notice like even the purple bands up here, which is where we really expect this chart to um, to go here. Um, this is a, a quite a bullish scenario here for for the S for the Nasdaq um, relative to the S and P in terms of the U S dollar price. <coughs> In terms of the U.S. dollar price at this exact moment, um, let's look at it without Wave Magic to start. 
uh, yeah, we're well above um, the previous all-time high, right? The, the previous one in 2021 uh, over here. And then um, after a little bit of oscillation, things have bumped up now to the higher side here. And um, I suppose that that these lines that were previously resistance will now become support, right? This, this right there. Um, probably I would expect to just think that this line over long, the long period of time, this line should just continue trending up here. Um, I don't know if we kind of a washout that we talked about some breakdown um maybe like five six months from now something like that um if if, if these if and when these signals start turning towards the negative uh, and, and like actually show negative um like show, show us downside then okay we'll, we'll kind of reevaluate this as a support line but for now that this would be a support line um all right let's go to the, the wave magic on this thing uh this is also a very bullish wave magic scenario chart so standard deviation analysis um and uh chart so effectively right price came up here oscillated came down man that was so scammy right there like this thing broke down and it really should have continued going at least into the uh, moving average cluster but it just like totally didn't do that and um i mean i think that i think there's clear reasons for that i think that liquidity was borrowed immediately from the uh, the reverse repos uh i think they they were able to come up with the liquidity to keep pumping this market and um okay that's that's what they want to do that's the game they're gonna they're gonna pump the markets all right um, so if that's the case, um, what we're really looking at here is long-term and with, you know, with oscillation, but long-term for this thing to get up to this purple band. And I mean, it could take another year or two for this thing to really warm up. Um, the stocks always go up, but you have to remember it's like, it's, it's a long game. Stocks are a much longer game in many ways than crypto. Although crypto has to be the long game too. And now uh, if you get caught in these big, um, in these big washouts, right, you get caught at 2021, you get caught in 2017. Um, and you're going to be waiting a while, right? You have time value of money that you're losing there. You're going to be losing it for like three years until you shit back. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, these markets here are definitely the long game. Um, right now, you'll notice that price is encountering the short-term purple bands and typically like price can get above them, but typically that's like a kind of a stopping point. It might be the case that stocks need to take a bit of a pullback here, maybe one last pass to a previous all-time high um, and then and then start moving up. But ultimately, um, I definitely expect that uh, our... Our new range here is is looks something like that, right? The new range for stocks looks something like that, um, absent some kind of like uh, price. So uh, that's that's currently currently what stocks are looking. S and P um, S and P is like basically the same story. We don't really need to look at that. Um, let's see, there's going to be a uh, Federal Reserve meeting on Wednesday or an FOMC press release. Jay Powell is going to tell us all about how wonderful um, they're doing and how smart they are. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everyone will believe them. And you know what? They actually are pretty smart. Um, so don't underestimate your enemies. Uh, they're probably going to hold rates steady. Um, I can't see any reason why they would. You know, actually, I don't know what the what the market forecast prediction is. If they do anything, they might bump rates by a tiny bit. Um, markets are pretty frothy. But inflation seems to be doing okay. Uh, at the same time, like their official numbers, have, they seem like they're leveling out. Um, so they'll have to make a decision based on that. My guess is they'll probably just hold rates where they are. So... Um, it'll, what's important is the stuff, the forward looking statements that he's going to make. That's usually in most cases, the more important factor. Um, cause usually people basically already know what the Fed is going to do, um, in terms of like what they're going to do with the rates. So it's, it's about what he says about the future and probably things like rate cuts. People want to hear rate cut, rate cut. Um, I was almost surprised last meeting that he mentioned the, the conditions under which they might consider a rate cut. Um, cause even saying that like really pushed markets up and really like kind of, adds fuel to the potential inflation fire so it, i don't know i just thought that was was a bit weird but was kind of irresponsible so 
all the signs are starting to say now that they're they're ready to irresponsibly pump these markets. So maybe that's the election cycle. Um, maybe one thing they do before big crashes now is they pump the markets like way ahead of where the charts say they should go. They pump the markets significantly beyond where they should be. They did this in 2019 before um, before the big crash in 2020, March 2020. Um, so that that could be what they're doing here, right? They they could be pumping markets. So that when they fall, you know, it's it, the even though it might be thirty percent, it's like, well, that's thirty percent after making fifteen percent gains, but really nothing. Um, so uh, we, um, you know, we just uh, got to know that that's that's what they might be doing. We'll try and stay nimble. Um, don't hang on every word of the Fed. You can trade those meetings. Sometimes it's fun to do that. I say, if you want to, put some tiny little amount just for fun and trade ten x leverage on some bullshit, um, and you know, make a drinking game out of it. I don't know. Maybe every time. Uh, that that Jay Powell says inflation. Uh, you have to take a you know take a drink or take a shot something like that. Maybe we'll organize those spaces that would actually. Um, okay, I dig. Uh, let's go to bonds. Uh, so bonds right now, the red lines here are the um, that's the overall yield curve inversion. So negative means they're inverted. We are basically moving towards the top side. If you look at to me, that looks that looks a lot like that looks a lot like a chart that's uh, going to move to the upside. I mean, can I don't know if technical analysis really worked on the inversion of the yield curve. Uh, but maybe, but this is this definitely you would call this the bottom. Um, again, long term though, right? We're, we're talking like May before March, May before this like really starts looking um, maybe problematic. So, um, in relation to bonds, and I think in like intimately related to bonds now are these reverse repos um, still kind of ticking down um, for the past week, um, and we've got about five hundred seventy billion dollars left in there. We should just uh, continue as long as these reverse repos have funds in them. Just expect that bias to be up. This liquidity that they can draw on. So, I, I also I wonder. I ask myself. I I feel like they were able to keep yields up here at this level. They were able to keep the short end of the curve pegged pretty close to the federal funds overnight rate. And I think part of the reason they were able to do that was because of that reverse repo facility, where um, you basically get uh, the federal funds rate minus uh, I think it's point one five percent. You get the federal funds rate um, just for sticking your money in there overnight. No risk, completely liquid. You get your money the next day if you want it. So after those reverse repos right now, I start asking myself, are they going to be able to keep this? Um, are they going to keep be able to keep this yield curve pegged to the uh, to the interest rate? So um, anyhow, once those run out, I do wonder if this thing's just going to start dropping to the downside. Um, okay, uh, not much else here to look at. Gold flat. Nothing really happened there with gold. Uh, let's see, Dixie. Dixie's also still pretty flat. Nothing here. Uh, and this is going to be like an um, until this thing actually moves somewhere. Dixie's going to be not much of a story for us because we basically expect the compression of the volatility to continue. We we expect it to its oscillations to grow weaker and weaker. So um, that that seems actually to be a common theme with a lot of charts, except for um, like Bitcoin, Ethereum, um, and uh, and stocks. Right now, uh, most everything else does seem to be kind of um, just in this this holding pattern. Uh, and the volatility is falling off. So all of that signals the potential for um, some kind of macro move here uh, coming up. The the reason we're looking at this chart, so this is also the NASDAQ. Um, don't worry about the NASDAQ. We're just looking at the global liquidity, which is in white, and then the U.S. liquidity, which is in green. You'll notice that the U.S. liquidity keeps rising. I tend to think these charts play off each other. As stocks go up, you have more reason. Like, hey, we have a higher stock valuation. We can take more loans, and more loans means more liquidity. Right? It means more money moving into the into the system. Um, and so as more money moves into the system, you can pump that into your stocks. And as the stocks go up, uh, you can say, hey, let's use our stocks to justify um, taking out more loans. Um, we can use that to back more loans. So that's what I think is going on with this chart. Um, after kind of looking at this over the course of maybe half a year, 
um, which is kind of why, in, in a longer term sense, you've seen this. Uh, you'll get you'll get a pump on the liquidity, and then you pump on the stocks. Or first, you'll get a pump on the stocks, and then you'll get a pump on the liquidity um, situation. And it's because they play off of each other, and so this is effectively leverage, if you ask me. So, um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Oil creeping up here, almost eighty dollars. Nothing, nothing special. Um, good. I don't want to see high oil prices. No one likes paying a shitload of money. An arm and a leg at the pump. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess, um, there's not really, oh, you know what else here? Um, balance sheet, the, the U S uh, federal reserve balance sheet does looks like they've kind of, um, they sort of leveled off. They stopped selling off their balance sheet. Maybe that's because they're starting to get low on those reverse repos. It, it is interesting to watch that, uh, as the reverse repos are starting to come up to that point where it's like, eh, what are we going to do guys? They stopped selling off their balance sheet. So, and that has been the case now since, uh, I guess just since, uh, January. So just to the beginning of the year. You'll also notice that the M2 money supply is now ticking up as well. And this this is only recent as of December 1st. So we don't have the the data from the last month and a half. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, M2 money supply is leveled off and looks like it's starting to move to the upside. Um, so all of this, like all of this current spells more upside. Like it looks like upside in the short term. Uh, maybe stocks need to take a break here, pull back just a little bit um, or trend sideways for a moment. That's probably, again, if stocks are going to stop and, and pull back for the past six months, that's been like a crypto um like that, that has helped cryptocurrency prices. We've seen some kind of inverse correlation, a moderate inverse correlation between um, between stocks and crypto. So if if stocks are going to take a break, crypto might actually now take a run here. So that's kind of like the big picture. Hopefully, I painted a, a clear enough picture there why I think that there's a, a decent chance that that crypto goes for a short term run here over the next weeks. Um, not a huge run. Don't expect Matt. I mean, some points will, but uh, overall, you know, m- maybe uh, move back to that upside, move to the local high, maybe even beating the local high. Stocks might take a little bit of a pullback, um, and then uh, and what we're looking for is is the finishing off of that reverse repo situation, right? We're looking for this thing to finish dropping towards zero, um, and and we're also looking at those bonds to see um, if there might be some other tail risk event um, coming up for us. So um, yeah, that's that's the stuff we'll be looking at. Um, we're we're not out of the woods yet on tail risk type of events, um, but for the meantime, you know, that I, I wouldn't be super concerned about that. So. Um, let's see. Any questions? Should I be looking at the YouTube here? I'm so bad. Nah, people are people are just debating whether or not it should be more Monero focused versus, uh, you know, the extremely <laughs> broad uh, covering you do. Yeah, and I can I can narrow it down. I don't have to cover like how much stuff all the time. We can like can shorten this thing by like ten. Yeah, minutes or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's I think it's a great overview. But there's yeah. just like guys, if y'all have something you want me to talk about in particular, Monero, send me a chart, right? Like. Say, hey, what do you think about this chart? What do you think about this indicator? What do you like like send me some stuff, like some real stuff that you that you want to see looked at? Because there's just not much I mean, Monero has been so stable for the last I don't know, seven, nine months. <laughs> what do you what do you want me to talk about there? Yeah, yeah. This is only so much you could say about Monero, Monero's price, right? Which is like we don't like talking about it anyway. Um no, I, I, I do think- have I do have this idea to um to look at Kraken volumes and see if we can correlate the volume on Kraken to the transaction, and I've had this idea forever. I don't know why I haven't implemented it, but compare the volume on Kraken to the transaction counts, right? To the Monero transaction counts. Okay. Um, and if there's a correlation there, then to use, um, <laughs> to like do some kind of like voodoo magic to estimate the uh, the volumes happening on Monero using Kraken as sort of a proxy. Oh, okay. Interesting. So based on yeah, so- action count to try to figure out what the what the dollar value of, of volume is that's that's being transacted? Yeah, I mean, we might, it, it might have to remain a completely relative thing, um, or we could try and make some estimation of, um, 
like how much, how many transactions correlates to how much Kraken volume. And then we have to estimate how much Kraken volume is the total volume. Um, but it's, Monero it's, ecosystem. are those two different, like the, the Kraken volume is just trading volume, right? Not correlated to transactions. It's just people trading Monero back and forth on a centralized. Yeah, platform. that's why it would be, that's why you'd have to first correlate. So right here is the Monero volume chart, or sorry, the Monero, Monero transaction count chart. So what we would do is take the Kraken reported volume of Monero and then see if there's a correlation. If there's a correlation to transaction count, um, then we could probably use Kraken volume to factor in um, like to what volume we think might be happening on the Monero chain. But only if there's a correlation there. Because if there's right. no correlation, then you'd say, well, it's just people trading back and forth. Yeah. It has no correlations to real Monero. It's, it would be interesting to look at. It might not tell us anything. I mean, uh, another way is, is, to, is to value the black markets, right? Yeah. And simply it's also quite hard. buy that by the Monero transaction. Yeah, let me call up all the uh, darknet markets and ask them to, to send me a full reporting of their transactions. Yeah, it's kind of hard. It's hard. <laughs> they should post it, right? They should post it on there. That would be awesome. Like if some black net or some dark net market yeah. was like, Show the hey, we're, we're going to act like a regular corporation here, give you <laughs> quarterly financial reports, <laughs> like to just do everything, but feel who they are. You would like follow all, like maybe not all, but you know, like all the generally good accounting practices and be like, yeah, we're just acting like a regular, regular company over here. I was saying, I do want to get somebody to pop in maybe once some to give us the, the update on what's going on in the, in the black markets from a Monero perspective, right? Yeah, I never look at that. I, I'm not like I don't think I really have the tools or the know-how to estimate anything that's going on there. Well, I mean, you could see all of them are accepting Monero, uh, mostly Monero only, right? Yeah. Um, and then I guess funny. It's always a big debate between us and and maximalists that are maximalists. Be like, oh, hardly anyone's using Monero. It's all it's all still Bitcoin. Yeah, they offer it, but you know. And then we're like, no, no one's using Bitcoin anymore at all. I don't know. When I when I go check things out and you read you read Dread and you go and you, you check out what the, the recommended marketplaces that people they all seem to be Monero based, so I don't really yeah. know. And then all, and then I see all these criticism, people warning people like about Bitcoin. Um so I think I think it has shifted. I don't know who's still using Bitcoin on, on black markets. I, I don't understand what the mentality would be there. Like the information's out and there's, there's no, I get liquidity, but I don't know. It doesn't seem like it would be worth it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not the best decision, but um, are y'all going to cover the, so Finland's national bureau of investigation claims to have traced Monero. Is that on the, I didn't see the news. List. Yeah, we have, we'll have that in the news. Okay. I think it's you know, an if situation yeah yeah poison outputs and such yeah that's i mean i assume that's what that is but yeah we'll bring that up the news if you want to jump up comment on it cool yeah uh well i want to all right man time. uh thank you so much yeah definitely mm -hmm. stick around if you can uh we're gonna try to do a btc to xmr talk swap that'll be everybody all right i guess thanks talk to you resident financial advisor until <laughs> next time thank you buddy thank you all right we do an the dev report. Dread has a subred just on XMR. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't even. Yeah, obviously, I'm sure the yeah, yeah. one as well. But I think the Monero one is more, even more popular, more used. Everything I, everything I saw there was like really all. Yeah, I was surprised actually. I knew, I knew it was happening, but oh, on Dread. Yeah, on Dread, and then if you know the market, the top marketplaces that are recommended are either Monero only 
I saw Monero only once. Right yeah, now. that's not surprising. Yeah, I'm not, an expert. I'm not on like, like these. My, my anecdotal, like as a noob going to look at these things, this is that's what you see. You see Monero. That's like. Yeah, that's my anecdotal too. Since people are talking about it a lot, but I don't actually use um, these darknet shops. So there are people who are. I'd be interested in your insight into how many of these are Monero only, or you know. Yeah, you, you, can go, you can go look at them. You don't need to use them. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, be careful where you are. I don't know, you know, but to, I don't think there's anything illegal about about looking. Yeah, yeah. You look. It's, it's what you see. It's it's Monero everywhere. <laughs> um, all right, Adios, uh Do we have Hunterhausen? Or are we going to go? Okay, so then should we do that first or Shadow Rebel? What do you think? What do you yeah, think? Sorry, Shadow Rebel. You get a. No, I had told. It just depends on if he needs to leap sooner or not. Yeah, the Shadow Rebel have time. He's giving he's giving us a thumbs up. All right, let's, let's bring Hunter right. on, and we will do atomic swaps. Awesome, let's do it. And now for the Monero development segment. What's up? <laughs> hey, Douglas. How's it going, man? Thanks, thanks for doing this. This is uh, this is an exciting one to start off with. Bring it back to Jeffrey. Yes, first. Dev report for me. Yeah, good to see you. Hey. So, uh, yeah, what what do you got for us today? Are we gonna are we gonna do a atomic swap on Samurai? Uh, we try. We will try. Okay. I don't know about you guys, but I have never done any atomic swap. I don't know how it even works under the hood, but yeah, let's try it. But uh, first, um, let's have the dev re- and I will give you a report of the what's happened in the last two weeks oh fantastic do you have a uh you have a screen you want to share yes i'm gonna share my screen a little presenter awesome there we go okay awesome so i'm starting here on github uh this is my github account you can find it here and then on the stars i have prepared a monero specific list with all uh, 100 93 repositories with a Monero-related project. And they are all open source, so every of them is still on the active development. But uh, yeah, that's where I follow all the things that are happening with Monero and projects around Monero. What are, what are, what are the top active ones? Um, yeah, for sure... The libraries, or the libraries for Rust, uh, PHP, TypeScript, Java, they are all getting updates uh, recently. And other projects are updated regularly as well, like LMD, RandomX, and uh, the Monero projects themselves, or even Feather Wallet uh, was updated. And it's really nice to see that projects are active under development. Now, th- this is a list that you created, or this is... Yes, I, I created this list Oh, fantastic. From, from time to time. When uh, I see another new project, I will edit. Very cool, very cool. We got to get XMR Bazaar up there. Yeah, yeah. So the first project I saw is from iAnimals3000. I saw him on Twitter, on, um, on X, and... He's always talking about Monero, and now he started a project that's named Arthur Monero Guide. And it's an introduction to Monero. It's, like he says, a beginner's guide from where to download a wallet, 
and how to create a wallet, where to get Monero, how to transact, where to stay informed and some tips and tricks. And I think that's a really nice project because in under one hour you can go to through the whole guide and be mm. almost an expert. Yeah. For beginners, it's a perfectly good starting point. Yeah, this would be good to turn into a video or something. Like a tutorial or like yeah. a... Mm. Very cool. Absolutely. And the second project is from myself and it's called Awesome Monero. It's very similar to this one, actually. And I think I his project is older than mine, but uh, I started this earlier, but I just published it. It's um, a list of um, Monero projects. Like most of the things you'll find here are on GitHub and they link to repositories and sometimes to websites. Do, do we have do you have Monero Nodo on there? Did we did we make the list on there yet, or there's nothing? Uh... Uh, it's not on the list because okay. it's not ready yet. I think nice. most of the things are on the list, um, but not maybe here. Future development, I, I included also the uh, job projects of uh, Monero. Awesome. This is a great, great list. Mm. It's a great list. If you're a developer, you can have a look here at uh, all the libraries for the different programming languages. You have like directories too, Monerica on there. And, and yes, somewhere, maybe. Merchants, maybe under merchants. Merchants, yeah, Monerica. Yeah, nice. So uh, sometimes I, I only link the repository, but sometimes it makes sense to also link the website. You should link all the all the Monero accepting dark markets with the onion in <laughs> uh, Let it go. I already have the decentralized your own risk, but you're just stating facts. Mm. So yeah, I think that's also a very nice addition. Okay, next project. I don't know if you know Nivico. Have you guys heard of Nivico? No, I have not. It's uh, interesting. Nivico stands for Nevidiaigla Economia, which stands for Invisible Economy. I have no idea. It might be Esperanto. Okay. The Monero people. So, what is this? It is a marketplace and it's end to end encrypted based on GPG, so public and private key cryptography. And it hides your network via uh, the I2P uh, network. It has messaging. So, I think you can. That's actually really cool. Think of like maybe that's like a decentralized market like a darknet market mm -hmm. or i think there was also this project open bazaar yes but I, but I think it's dead yeah uh i think it worked on again i'm not sure what happened with open bazaar that was a really one cat focused but i think they're going to bring it back mm. so i have what, is it, what does it say about it says you can just go up uh Set messages, vanity-based automator. I think this is the most interesting because mm -hmm. I think we have already messaging over I2P. We already have... Uh, yeah, it's basically an open-source dark market, <laughs> right? <laughs> Very. It's uh, uncensorable. 
you, you cannot sell or market. Hmm. And now, so is is this up and running? Is this live? This is fully. I don't know. I think there's was... another one, uh, another one that's being built. Maybe this is the one um, that I've heard being mentioned called Net. What isn't there a narrow? Or maybe that maybe I'm confusing that with something. So it seems like they they have made a release last year, and yeah, maybe I can get it up running. And if it's something working, I can show it next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. So the next project is Bitcoin Cash, Monroe, Swaps. And I don't know much about this project. I haven't read it. Also an atomic swap. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The videos play. Let's try again. Oh, here. Now the share has ended. Yeah, we lost your screen share there. Let me get it back. There we go. Not sure how old this product is. I haven't heard of it. I think. There might be even two atomic swap products with Bitcoin Cash. Two different implementations of atomic swaps. Yes. Now, are, I wonder, are these similar to the Bitcoin to Monero atomic swap implementations? Like, like uh, same, like copy of them? I, I, I would guess so because it doesn't make enough sense yeah. to develop a own implementation or a own underlying swapping protocol. Because Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoins to share lots of similarities. Do we know if this is uh, actively being used or not really just kind of been tested? I, I just stumbled it, about it today on my research. Yeah. And I'm pretty excited for later when we try our atomic swaps. But I have already heard that it takes a lots of time. Okay. Maybe, maybe we need like three hours. Oh my god! Well, we we, 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 we I see Shadow Rumble getting nervous. There. We we can start, we can start the process and then you know move on with the show and then it completes states, right? Uh, yeah. That's due to um, Bitcoin's slow transactions. Goddamn Bitcoin! Oh really? Wow. Ten ten minute blocks. Yeah, the quality here is not the best, but I think that's what just worked. What are you trying to bring up now? Okay. Okay, yeah. So let's keep an eye, an eye on this project as well. And let's get to the main Monero project. So the official one. Um, I have, I don't have much to tell you. There was no release, but uh, we see some activity on the mass branch. And let's have a look at full requests and the ones that got closed. Um, it's very technical here. I cannot tell you much, but it seems like there's there are some bug fixes. Nothing too much interesting here, but on the Monero website, uh, this is the official project. Um, I saw some merge requests that uh, got merged. Um, things like uh, the merchant page on getmonero.org, they re they did not remove side shift yet. But they removed pilot. It's ah uh, yeah no, it's an open one. They mm. want to delist finance. Mm. Oh yes, side shift also uh, job support for Monero quite a while ago. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, we should remove finance from oh yeah. this site. I don't know. I I think they are still listing Monero, but I think it's not. Who cares? Binance deserves to be gotten rid of. 
villain likes bite it. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, that's what we'll see later in the news, right? Where was where was it? Finland that they uh, supposedly traced transactions and and believe Binance was involved. So it's interesting. Like, so they're gonna even they're gonna lose their ability to do these evaluative attacks. It's it's kind of very contrary to what you think. Yeah, one of the uh, that's you, the you main way that they can attack Monero, right? The, yeah, of, they're, they're helping us get rid of the one, yeah. the one attack. Yeah, that's the one main way that they can do it. Yeah. We we shouldn't uh, make advertisements for Binance on the official side. <laughs> it's I think it's a good idea to not recommend it. And instead, add uh, merchants like Basic Swap Dex, which is do next year. There's going to be no more centralized exchanges listed. It's just going to be Daxes listed. Hopefully, yeah. let's hope. So the next project is Gupax. Uh, it's uh, the GUI application for mining Monero. It's the most easy software to get started uh, with mining Monero, and they had a release yesterday. And they just updated the dependencies and fixed a bug. So if any of you listeners hasn't mined Monero ever or yet, just search for QPAX and start <laughs> mining Monero today. I'm gonna. I, I haven't tried it yet, QPAX. I'm gonna give that a go actually today. Yeah, QPAX is cool. It's a really great, easy way to just start mining. It's yeah. Pool yeah, it's more optimized. It applies the MSR optimizations that Monero GUI doesn't if you give it like uh, root permission. Yeah. Right. You, and you don't have to set up the whole P2 pool miner with my, you're running a separate chain or whatever and figuring that out. Like it just auto does it. No, I mean, it's still recommended to run your own full node for mining P2 pool, but you can let you do a remote node for P2 pool if you want to. That's awesome. So, and the last project for today is Cooperate and I don't know if you have talked about Cooperate on Monotopia yet, but uh, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And let me show you. So Cooperate is just a another implementation of the Monero protocol. So we have our Monero project, like the official one, which is written in C++. But um, it's always to have a alternative Monero node that is written in some other language and maybe maintained from other developers. So we have more decentralization. So uh, if the official one has a security bug or a, another bug inside of it, uh, we still have Cooperate nodes who are uh, who will be um, facilitating Monero network because with more and more different different implementations the network will get more just jumping in here saying to incorporate Gupac set up in Monero Nodo um, yeah I mean we're, we're going to have we're going to be uh, I think we're going to be using our own implementation for that to just easily mine on the Nodo plug and play uh, using P2 pool so it might be a bit redundant there but yeah good, good thinking sorry man go ahead so this this is just a new a, a new way to to run a node. It's it's built in Rust, right? Right. But it's um, another another format for for running a a, a Monero node. Yeah. So they take uh, the whole Monero protocol, like how should the uh, node run? How does the node connect to other nodes? How do they find each other? How does block thinking work? Blockchain storing and communicating the mining. All this stuff 
they are implementing in a whole another programming language, which is a huge task. It will take years, but um, yeah, let's um, follow this project. And uh, yeah, even I, I just saw it now. Luke Parker is a contributor. I, I don't know. Oh, and this Upax guy. So uh, what is the advantage? Because it's just better to run things in Rust. I mean, uh, uh, being not technical. uh, Things are moving towards Rust by default because it's like memory safe. It kind of forces you to write better code um, and it's memory safe as long as you don't go out, like purposely ignore its memory safety functions and features. So like what other components of Monero need to be rewritten in Rust? Like, so this is going to be a way to... Monero core libraries... Um, I believe are this uh, part Luke's also working on. Okay. In Rust, right? So Rust is rising in Monero development. I see this. I think we already have two or maybe even three different libraries to interact with uh, Monero in Rust, and more and more projects are moving on Rust because, like you said, it's safe. It's very fast almost as fast as C or C++, which is a huge win. That's a huge win. The language itself is logical and too hard to learn. Yeah. So the entry barrier is much lower than learning C++. I think younger developers are more learning Rust more than C or C++. So I think. For the have you done any Rust yourself, Hundehausen? I have. <laughs> I have uh, made a tutorial. I start, started uh, working on it, and, and I really enjoyed it. But I haven't done any further programming with it. But I think uh, it ticks a lot of boxes for a good uh, developer experience. Okay, so now let's um, try the atomic swaps. No way. Uh, are you guys yeah. ready? Here we go. I'm Britton. Yeah, let's let's see if we can see yes. At least start it, start it up, spark it up. Yep. Okay, I'll start my screen share again. All right. Okay, I already downloaded the Samurai Swaps GUI and I have started it. Um, maybe let me show you how I started it because I had to unzip it and then I got this folder mm-hmm. and then there are two another folders, uh, bin and lib. And then this, uh, this, ah, this, the job. But yeah, it's written in Java. That's uh, this one. And you have to right click it open on macOS and then you get this. Awesome. This is going to be good. So, and in the Samurai wallet on my Pixel, uh, this is my Google Pixel with uh, Graphene, Graphene OS, and it's running the latest Samurai wallet. And I have already loaded some Bitcoin onto it. And here I can go in the settings under transactions and pair to swaps GUI. And then it generates like a invitation message. I already copied, copied that message onto my MacBook and uh, we're going to paste um, this payload into this field. And then I will type my password here I, I set up on the server wallet. So that's how they connect together. Oh, wait. Okay, interesting. So explain that again real quick. That's, that's so you're, you're running your Samurai wallet, right? On, on your on your phone. Yes, this, this is my phone here. I can control my phone here from, okay. 
from the map. And so from your phone, uh, from the app on your phone, you generated uh, a pairing code. Yes. Yeah. And it shows a QR code or the text I have pasted here. Mm -hmm. uh, I guess there's a secret inside of it. That's why I'm not showing it. And now I can log in to the swapping GUI. And I have this start ASB. Not really sure what it means. I think AS is atomic swap and B, not sure. And I think it has to do something with uh, providing liquidity on the, the Monero side. Uh, what we are doing today is um, selling Bitcoin and receiving Monero. But I think if you're doing it the other way around, it might be more complicated, but uh, not sure about that. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen Atomic Swaps uh, live in Act? Uh, we did test. I thought we, we did a while ago. I don't know. But we did. Not a, I haven't seen the Samurai implementation of it. So yeah. they're Samurai they're using Commit, right? Comet, right? Oh, yes. Yes, uh, yeah. the Comet protocol. Right. Um, and so... Yeah, we, we could talk. About oh, they are. That's cool. Yeah. They, they take that back up. Right. So they're using that. Um, yeah, my, my understanding is you have to initiate it from the Bitcoin side, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Bitcoin side is always the, the maker, right? The, I don't think they it in the other direction. You can't initiate an atomic swap from my understanding, right? Mm -hmm. So we started it, the GUI, and now we enter a Monero address in the seller's text field. So we are yeah. we are not the standard. We we buy Monero, but uh, it's it's a little, little bit complicated. Uh, I am both sides. I am selling Monero. Uh, I am selling Bitcoin and receiving Monero and receiving Bitcoin and receiving Monero. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, to make it more easy, let's send the Monero to the Monero General Fund. Okay, so you're effect you're effectively trading your Bitcoin for Monero, and instead of it being sent to your own personal wallet, it's going to be sent to the Monero donation address. Where, where can I find it? Is it here somewhere? Uh, no, that's a good question. Contribute. Uh, there you go. Yes. The general fund. Awesome. Or the The only thing is, you can't now. You can't. You can't check on right on the wallet yes. when you receive the transaction on the Monero side. Oh, we can see because it gets reported. Oh, you just see the view key for it? Or... Mm -hmm. no. But uh, look here, it fails to connect to Whirlpool. Yeah. And when it doesn't connect to Whirlpool, we cannot we cannot do swaps. It connected it earlier this morning. Maybe maybe TDEV is censoring us. Zoan is using uh, <laughs> his tool. TDEV is trying to censor us again. Okay, let's do this. Starting Flame Wars, are we? <laughs> it's just too easy. The guy's the most bitter dude in crypto. Gonna try it again. Yeah, I get T Dev or one of the samurai guys here, like in the comments or something. Oh, dude, this man knows what's up. You scarce fee, local send, all the best OS software for Android. Okay, so I got another one. Another secret. This did not work, so now I have to delete uh, a folder. In so what, what failed? It, it didn't. It didn't initiate. It didn't initiate the um, rope. Hmm. So it could just be like a connection issue or something. Or I don't even know why we need to work 
full for that. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's still a beta version. And yeah, if anybody, any samurai experts want to uh, jump in and help out, we could we could go back to it. Samurai devs, come on right now. Sure, they, want, they want nothing to do with it. I tried getting them to come on the show. Oh, shit. really? So that it's just like a, a no go. There's no way. I don't understand why, yeah, what's going on. T Dev got all pissed because we had, um, what's it, Nopara on the show? Oh, we, really? should have, we should have Nopara come on and do, do the atomic swap using Samurai. T Dev will explode. Um, yeah, so he got pissed off at that. And then I was like, uh, talking about getting him on to come talk about it. They like shut down the conversation. I don't know if the other samurai swap guy still likes us. We it would be free promotion for their atomic swap system. Yeah, they mm. they always uh, had a thing. Just too, don't, don't, don't too much of a mean and nasty person, Doug. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. This two years ago, it was like it was very nice, it was like really great. And then uh, there's a it's T Dev guy. The other guy they they play like good cop bad cop. There's like the the lead guy, and he's he's kind of nice when he when he interacts with you. And then there's T Dev, who's just like you know, he's the pit. I don't really get the purpose of that. But have, have you ever done whirlpool with? I've never used Samurai. I've never, I've never messed around with Bitcoin privacy. Back when I was getting into yeah, thing, I don't follow it closely either. So I didn't real like I know there's there's drama between them and uh, what wasabi, but I didn't like it's like like so bitter and toxic, crazy. I mean, I I don't follow the ecosystem that. Bitcoin privacy stuff. Mm. I got um, to try it because I've never tried it, and I don't want to talk about things I haven't tried. I wanted to um, coin join some Bitcoin. I think it was four UTX or so four outputs, mm-hmm. and they had this um, reduction of the price ongoing earlier this for I think fifty percent uh, cutoff. So I got. Voucher of Samurai. Oh, yeah, wait. Okay, go ahead. And still, it uh, should cost uh, $150. Yeah, I remember when I was getting into crypto privacy a couple of years ago, I was going to use Whirlpool on Samurai to, uh, like, air quote, clean the Bitcoin and swap it to Monero, but the it's so expensive. I was like, no, nah, this is just not going to, I'm not, I don't have this kind of money to. Just constantly wasting on fees. So yes, Zach, why would you give a platform to a guy that is surveilling and sensing? So he's referring to me having Nora on the show. So he, this is one of the the samurai tribesmen, one of the members of the cult. Dude, Zach, jump up on the on the thing. We can, we can talk about it. Um, so I mean, they're, they're trying to like chill speech. I get that they don't like the guy, but I have a show about technology in the digital cash space so why would i not allow him to come on my show and like talk about his tech i think uh, one guy from x uh, his name is poke ast i'm not sure he's uh, the creator of miso wallet or something like this he said uh, the world pool who didn't connect earlier was um the back end being temporarily down uh, yeah and we had a bad timing, but now it seems to be... Oh, okay. Great. Okay. So we want to buy Monero. And here are some setups for Monero. And I think we don't have enough Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> None of us have Bitcoin. 
<laughs> to sell. Yeah, I think I would need more Bitcoin. <laughs> oh no. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, we cannot try it now. But um, we can have a first look at the user interface, which will be very different later. I saw this and they wrote about it. It will look uh, much more easy and user-friendly later. This is just a user interface for developers. Um, so you can't... So where's where's your Bitcoin? You posted your Bitcoin. We could see you now as a seller? No, on the, on the right? What is, explain to us when we're So these are people who are selling Monero. Okay. Bitcoin. Okay. And, and so you can't, you can't be listed as somebody selling Bitcoin for Monero? There's not a... I don't know how it's Okay, so can you can you post Monero on the on the seller side? Do you want to do that and see if somebody takes your? I don't know if I need uh, this ASP automated swap backend for this. You know, I am a really I'm really a noob on right. all this. It's, it's good. We're, we're learning it all together, but uh, maybe maybe we give this another shot. We give this another shot. Uh, we'll we'll move on. We'll bring Shadow Rebel up. If you want to look into things as we're doing that, and then we can try to re retry it. Yes, let's try it now. In and, yeah, one, if anybody one or two one wants to jump up, Zach, if you want to come up, Zach Whirlpool is initializing. Should work now. You have to restart app and click start ASB. You have to restart app and click start ASB in order to sell. Yeah, but then you have to wait till then until somebody buys. So maybe we could try to do a sell. I mean, we could. So, but I think Zach, um, jump up, man. Uh, viewers on, viewers on stage. Get the uh, should we get the guest up. Yeah, let's get the guest up. All right, we're in guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by Cake Wallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange of Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. Cake Wallet is open source and always control your own keys. Alrighty, let's get Shadow Rebel up here. All right, can you hear me? How's it going, man? Thank you for being patient. I, I hope you're no, no problem. enjoying the show. All right, yeah, I actually do have some things to say about the uh, atomic swaps, but I first want to get into uh, sort of the main thing, if you will. Uh, yeah, so first off, I'll talk about what simplified privacy is, and then we can get into uh, how it's going to help Monero. Main thing is that I feel as though there is these large obstacles for the average person to learn privacy and what's actually involved with that. Um, technical things such as learning Linux or learning different virtual machines or learning how to use cryptocurrencies in the real world, degoogling phones, all of these things, setting up servers with your own services like XMPP or cloud services. All these things, it could be overwhelming for the average person to try and learn this stuff. And even somebody who knows a lot, they may be struggling with some particular technical issue that's giving them problems. They post on the free forums. They don't get an answer. And it can be very frustrating that there's not a place to turn to when it's just open source software that's free. There's no company behind it that's selling something. So that's sort of what we're looking to do, make it really easy for somebody to just throw 30 bucks uh, US dollar worth of Monero and get a quick answer to some of the technical problems that they're dealing with. 
as well as we have lots of free resources where people can learn these things and sort of slowly take steps to improve their own lives and self-realize uh, technological independence. Can you wait? Can you show us this 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 product? This um, just... uh, yeah. All right. So yeah, by privacy is a service, a website, an educational center. We're active on a variety of different platforms. Is Noster. Uh, and now we're also creating a new product, uh, which is built on top of Session Messenger. Cool. So Session Messenger, for those of you who are not familiar, uh, this is basically an end-to-end encrypted messenger. Um, but what's special about it is it has a unique naming system where it has a public-private key pair. Uh, so your, your public key is your username. Uh, but then optionally... You can buy, uh, we can refer to this as a domain name, where you buy this uh, you know, one or two word username and then assign it to those random letters and numbers. So for example, uh, we got the name Narrow Talk, all right? And we assigned it to this particular uh, account. Uh, so this is nothing new. What I'm saying, it has been already created by the session team. You've actually had them on the show a number yeah, of times. Yeah, I, I, lo- I love session. Use it. Um, yeah, absolutely. So what we see the potential of this is to be used as a free speech platform uh, for controversial speakers, as well as to actually trade Monero or distribute Monero binaries or do any kind of controversial activity under even the most uh, heavy scrutiny. Uh, so the advantage of this over something like Tor, let's talk about Tor for a second. With Tor Onion, the private key to that Tor Onion site is held in the server itself. So it's a life or death situation for that Onion service if their location is discovered. Because once the Onion server is discovered, the, whether it's the government, the adversary, the hacker, whatever, they now have control of that onion key and they have essentially censored you. And this is why a lot of dark websites will have the PGP keys of the owner saying, you know, I uh, verify or vouch for. Uh, but the problem with that system is that they've already signed some kind of PGP thing. And so we don't know if once it's taken over by an adversary, if that's really still them. Uh, it's very easy to fake these types of things. Uh, and also PGP is complex for the average person to use. And even if they now realize that it's fake front end, how would they even find the new site? Tor onions don't even have a push notification. Uh, so this is what we're improving on. So we've created a Python script that basically works on top of Session Messenger that allows it to, first of all, function like an email list, where if I message Monero Talk, I just type Monero Talk into Session, it now adds the person to a list that I can distribute, that every time, let's say there's a new Monero Talk, or you want to you wanna talk about a node that you're selling, whatever it is, your, your content, you send it out, and it one by one, sends these out to all the people on your uh, and now uh, we've also added two-way functionality to it so you can have numbers uh and this can be various content you want to have like a website so you might say you know, press one to learn about uh our article on monero nodes uh, press two to learn how to how to swap it whatever it is 
and it serves out this content like a website. But the advantage of using this system over something like a Tor Onion is that even if the location of this server is discovered, you can just reassign the Monero Talk username to another public key. And then it would message all of your followers again from this new public key. They would all get a push notification. And so in the sense, you're separated from physical locations by having this offline cold storage username. It essentially makes it not realistic and, and impossible to censor you. Even if they discover the location, even if they completely wreck everything you're doing, you just move it around. And this allows for truly uncensored free, but not only free, it also allows for trading of Monero to Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash or whatever you want to do. You can't, we are not doing it. So we're just creating open source software. But any random person on the internet can take this software, this framework, and instead have the numbers, you know, press one to swap Bitcoin to Monero or whatever they want to do. Right. So it, it's a framework for trading Monero. It's also a framework for uh, if somebody wants to have a premium list. So we're we're adding um, Monero billing to it. So you might say you could subscribe to the free list of Monero Talk, but we also have the premium Monero Talk. You pay like one dollar worth of Monero a month. You're 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 on the list. You get some some special content, some secret sauce. So this allows content creators, whether they're political, whether they're tech, whatever it is, they can now earn income. They can earn Monero doing self-sovereign, uncensorable content. This is all the Russell Brand world. He was, he was, we got to demonetize his videos. Well, now he's got a platform to do. Or Glenn Beck was removed from the Apple, uh, the Apple um, podcast, you know, whatever they call it, the iTunes store. All these content creators, they now can earn cryptocurrencies, Monero, completely uh, self-sovereign. Awesome, man. I'm, I'm thinking here. I'm just trying to... Trying yeah, to... It, it, it opens the door to a lot of a lot of things. So we're gonna be we're gonna be open sourcing this. Uh, we we're still fixing some of the bugs with the billing. the The actual distribu- distribution of the list has been live now. We have basically like hundred people that are subscribed. Uh, to if you message simple just the word simple on session uh, it adds you to the list and so we've been running this now for over a month getting all the bugs out we're fixing the bugs on the billing that's still an issue uh but we're going to be ready to go soon we're going to be open sourcing it so anybody can run it on their own but if people want to optionally they can use uh our service to set it up and so the advantage of that is that we have good opsec we're getting uh cheap servers and they, the, the per, maybe the person isn't fully using a pure linux stack you know a person might be on windows or something and so then you don't want microsoft knowing your private keys or knowing where the server is uh, so we help set this up for people administrate it for people that are not in the tech fields you know like the influencers i just mentioned and things of that nature and one of the advantages of uh going through us is we're going to be we're going to be doing like a trending list. Uh, so session by its, it's like sort of isolating, right? It's it, You're like, okay, fine. I, I could talk as Monero talk, but how are people going to find me? How is, how is content going to spread and all this? 
So what we're going to be doing is we're going to have a trending list where content that's doing really well is moving towards the top of the pack, whether that's getting the most donations, whether that is um, people like sort of liking it and stuff like that. And so uh, it, it, it will become its own ecosystem is what we're, we're hoping. It's, th- these are... These are all start. They're all going to start off as as chat rooms. Yeah. Well, the 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 native session client basically what they do is if there's over a hundred people in this uh, group, it's it has to be a public group which has a publicly visible IP address. So it's sort of the point uh, from a censorship aspect. Yeah, so we're, we're looking to get my understanding with session, right? Like you can't have a room over X amount of people at that point. It's, it's just. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So we're looking to move away from that and instead function like an email list where it one by one sends one on one messages to people. Uh, and then that makes it it makes it so that the messages themselves are stored on all these different nodes. And it's not realistic to track or follow or censor. And so. Uh, this protects the audience as well. The, the the problem with some of these platforms, such as IPFS, is that they rely on your audience to share the content itself on Filecoin. And so this is sort of a risk. Or you have something like Noster. Noster is great. I love Noster, right? So I, I, I we're very active on Noster. The problem, though, with Noster is that it's on the clear web, and the... Majority of the content is hosted on Cloudflare and the largest German provider like Headstar, Heitzner, however you want to say it. But th- that, that's just two phone calls for the U.S. government to make to do a takedown across the majority of the nodes. So by having everything on the clear web, it's realistic to expect all of these people who are decentralized they can do whatever they want to choose the right servers and to pick the right people, right? That freedom of decentralization is you can be an idiot and host on Cloudflare or uh, a provider that could do a take. So, so another like stupid question, just so I can understand, like, so use cases right now, like, so if I were, what would be the difference for me effectively using something like this versus just using Proton Mail and having people sign up to an email list that I then email them versus me broadcasting them messages through this system? Like, what are what are the advantages there? Right. So, if you use Proton Mail, you're completely at Proton's mercy. So, you're agreeing to a terms of service, and uh, at any moment, the U.S. government can just shut that down. They can go, "We don't like Monero," and so uh, let's just stop. Yeah, uh, proton mail. Like, I mean, my understanding is. No, but all right. When you use email, you're tying that you're all email uses a domain name, which is tied to a physical location. So you have multiple problems with that. The first is that you don't even own the domain name. You're renting it from the government. Basically, they, they, they don't they don't say it's the government, but it really is. All domain yeah. names are controlled by the government. They rent you the right to, on a yearly basis, assign it to a physical location, an IP. So not only is the domain name censorable, but the physical location you assign it to. Well, what jurisdiction is that, right? That's a physical spot that people can stop you from doing that. On the other hand, something like Session, and even Noster would fall into this category, it's using encryption as identity the same way that Monero does. Monero is not 
a wallet is not tied to a physical location or even Bitcoin. It's not tied to a physical spot. It's these nodes are transmitting the information that you're signing, that you're approving to verify your identity. So in the same way session works, it works by public-private key pairs. But on top of that, you have this ability to reassign it, like I mentioned before, comparing it to Tor Onion addresses. So in this sense, unlike ProtonMail, where they can just shut down or any email list, this basically allows for completely uncensored free speech, even under the most harsh conditions, such as a Monero ban. All right, cool. So you, did you say you set one up for Monero Talk? Yes, right now, there. if you message Monero Talk, there is a demo. Uh, it doesn't have the billing in it yet because we're still trying to fix the bugs on the billing. But it has a uh, full-blown two-way uh, conversation. So you can message it. Uh, it. It'll give you a menu, and you can pick from the menu what content you want here. And I, I just, we just rip stuff from uh, getmonero.org. <laughs> I hope you don't mind. We're... Uh, no, we're having you plagiarize Monero's uh, main website. But you can give us the content you want to have it there. And uh, we can, uh, you know, af- after after this is uh, done, we we can set it up so that you're you're good to go to send out anybody anybody who joins that list. So if I do a new message to Monero Talks. Right, yeah. Okay. <laughs> We have that one, and then we have the one, uh, the main one is just the word simple. Uh, so we, we have that one. There's like basically 100 people on there, and uh, we send out content every day. People can follow um, as this project develops. We also talk about privacy in general um, and things that people can learn and look out for. Like we talk about Tor, we talk about Noster, we talk about degoogled phones, all of these types of things. And ultimately, our, our goal here is to set people up to be able to use this for their own purposes, right? You know, whatever kind of marketing they're doing. All the the do you want Eric to... Bros of the world. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to share your screen and show it? Show it in action? Sending a message? Yeah. Um, uh, I just messaged Simple, and I got a giant um, to reply about. Yeah. Very cool. Very nice. Oh, wait. I, I messaged the Monero talk, but I didn't get any responses here. I don't know the day. Yeah, I got nothing from Monero Talk, but I got a reply from Simple. All right, I, I got to double check on that. <laughs> Man, talk. It was work. It was working uh, yesterday. <laughs> Just like an action. Uh, try, try simple. That one should be. Uh, it's it's it, 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 one of, one of the issues with it is that it's a uh, game of um, chicken and egg where you got to pay for more cores on a VPS, but it's like if nobody's hitting it up, you're like, oh, hey. <laughs> Can you share your screen, show? Um, yeah. Let me see. I want to say it here. Alex, you want to pull it up? Oh, I would, but I don't. There's a way to hide my uh, my no. contacts, unless I don't want to avoid anybody's privacy by doing. Yeah, just uh, give me one second here. Let me check that it's actually up. Okay, well, that's, that's pretty cool. And you said you, you didn't figure out the bill. I'm not clear on what. Or, or, right, so the the billing is people match the bot. And it and it goes. Here's the free content, and you and it can do free stuff. And then if you want to join premium. So let in the example of Monero Talk, it would be join Monero Talk Premium. It adds you to that free list. And then just like any social media time of your choosing, you would send out content to that premium list. And how are people paying for their? Premium? 
Yeah, so it se- it sends you a Monero address into, and then it's hooked up to a BTC Pay server, awesome. and so it it can evaluate if you paid or not. And you're using only Monero as, as the currency. Oh, we're we're see that see that this is a balancing act, right? So Monero is my favorite. <laughs> it will always be uh, the goal here to spread Monero, uh, but I think just purely Monero will. Uh, Hinge the overall thing from adoption. So we're, pro- we're going to be probably doing what Bitcoin Lightning as well. Maybe some others will be added, like Bitcoin Cash. Um, a lot of people on Noster will, uh, a lot of Bitcoin axes on there that will chew my head off if we only do an arrow. Oh, man. That's cool. Um, yeah, we're able to bring it up. This is, this is interesting. Talk to what do you think? Any questions? That's pretty cool. It's like uh, a. I mean, it's like what he said, it's a decentralized email. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, uh, so what, do you have to like make me the presenter here? You know, you know, just hit the present button. I am. Now, uh, you know, you know screen. No, I don't see anything coming up well, to add on the stage. Yeah, you got to select what it is. You know, you could either select full screen or select a, a window when you hit present. It, it might be like the privacy settings on my browser. <laughs> They're just just too beasted to allow share screen okay no worries if you, if you message simple or uh or have tough share touch, simple you, oh no you don't want to show your you're, touch, uh, you're, uh, you're in the room right? so like just go into the room right so you it's not a room it's just uh so you just go to you just go to new chat new message yeah, and, type in simple and then you uh you yeah. might have to send a okay. message to that first and then they will yeah, i mean it's 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 not some amazing thing that people are gonna be uh visually blown away it's, it's a chat bot basically yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it's adding you to a list the real the real magic of it is the reach that you're gonna get so you know we we have on our Noster thing like over 2,000 people we have under 100 that are on that session thing but we get far more reach and feedback from that because it's sending people a push notification that they're not gonna miss and it's not based on time the way that a that a normal social media is like with Twitter or Noster. Things scroll off the feed, miss it, right? This is something that's going to their inbox. People are gonna people are gonna respond, but you also have to use it responsibly. If you're hitting people up five times a day to buy something, uh, you know they're gonna, they're gonna unsubscribe. Really. Mm. But yeah, it's, we're going to solve some of those problems with uh, email in general and overall to promote a more agora society, which is people, people taking control of their own situation. We don't need the government to yeah, yeah, yeah. tell us how to do things. Very cool, man. Um, I'd like to I'd like to get it going with the with the Monero talk one. Try it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll fix that. It's, it was only because uh, <laughs> it's running on a one core <laughs> one core CPU. And now, so so you're saying like other use case, right? So I could I could send out. You have payments. Obviously, you have payments built into it. So there isn't payments right this second, but there will be. We're just fixing some of the bugs. But right now, it does two two way conversational talk, and you can customize what the messages are that it's serving up. And, but what to add payments? I could send out a message like uh, buy your Monerotopia conference tickets. Exactly. Yes. They would just have to send and they would auto a quick email yeah. and auto instant buy something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Somebody could use the same framework 
basically all the work is done for somebody to set up swaps. So it, the the problem with the swaps is like, how do you find the person? How do you get the liquidity? Is it a centralized provider? Well, this now allows all these different um, vendors to try and make a reputation or a name for themselves. And so uh, getting back to the swaps we were talking about before, uh, so you guys brought up the Bitcoin cash swaps. Um, and actually, one of the guys who's involved with that uh, reached out to us. And he was telling about how there's in Japan, Monero's banned. Uh, so they, to get around that with Bitcoin cash, they're using something called cash fusion. And what this does is it replicates Monero's um, ring seat signing, if you will, um, where it has random people signing in a group to hide who's the sender. Now, this is not as good as Monero at, at privacy because it's not hiding its nodes. Uh, it's not doing all these stealth addresses and stuff like that. Uh, but the point of this is that once you have swaps from Bitcoin Cash to Monero with um, multiple signers, it basically makes it impossible to stop the swapping. Because the way that they could stop swapping with just regular Bitcoin is that the government would pretend to be a swap bank. they would go hey come get your monero yeah come come on down and then they would see oh you bought this bitcoin on binance oh you bought this bitcoin on kraken we now know you wanted that illegal monero well if you have multiple people signing these bitcoin cash swaps now how do you stop the swaps because who knows who the hell's doing it Interesting. That's awesome. So, yeah, so, so, so something like that combined with this, uh, this this provides a forum for that to happen. But yeah, overall, simplified privacy is about teaching people how to learn the tools that are already available, and then we're creating new tools to help people. Very cool. And you said people, obviously, you offer free services, but people can pay for like consulting or something. You said. Right, exactly. Yes, we offer free guides and services, resources where people can learn things. And then if somebody has any kind of technical problem or they just want to learn about something in general, uh, they, they can reach out to us on all different types of sessions, uh, different types of messengers and get that private consultation in sort of an agora economy. If you totally outside the traditional system, so uh, you know. If somebody was like, hey, I'm having trouble trying to figure out how to use Bitcoin to Monero atomic swaps on Samurai. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. It, it, we, we would call them up and they, they would come in. And, uh... Yeah, and I'll, I'll do some. <laughs> let's, let's get it going. Yeah, exactly. I know we do, we do have people asking those types of things. We, we cannot, though, take custody of crypto uh, to mix or do any kind of of uh the, the illegal stuff we don't do right right you, you know so we can't uh we're, we're not set up illegal marketplaces we're not doing it the whole thing with agora and cypherpunk and all of these sort of anti-government things the big problem is that they always go and they do illegal stuff they always go oh we're gonna sell drugs oh we're gonna do some uh some bad action and the problem with that is that then the public which accepted that drugs are illegal to begin with is against you. So, the, the, you know, the average Joe in their their uh, <laughs> their nine-to-five life goes, oh, you're selling cocaine, that's bad. We don't want it. We want to get rid of you. 
But if you're doing something positive, right? You're if you're teaching people technology, we're doing Linux consulting. Very difficult to just say let's jail and kill these people when it's something positive. And then the it, the better the service is, the more it's like, oh well, hey, you know, maybe we don't need the government to tell us what to do. Look, these guys they're they're doing something positive without the regulated. So maybe it's irrelevant. And that, that's the goal is it cannot do things that would be illegal with, you know, drugs and such. Sure, 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 sure. Awesome, man. I love it. Very cool. All right. Thanks for jumping on today. Is, is there any other info you want to get out there? Yeah, so people can get involved by by going to simplifyprivacy.com as well as they can go on Session Messenger and message just the one word, simple. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, does anybody have any questions in the chat? Where Drugs are fun and all, but I want to market where I can. <laughs> yeah, yes. You follow and do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, that, that's Max. Really, that is uh, XMR Bizarre in the making. Right. Yeah, the, 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 we want we want to move away from a system where Monero is just this isolated thing, and the only use case for it is the illegal markets, and you know, even even just holding it is some kind of stigma, and instead, it should be something that's used for regular transactions as the person in this its chat point points out buying milk and just you know it, it, it doesn't have to be this uh super shady thing you know we all want privacy in in our lives for whatever purpose uh yeah i don't know i don't know if you're talking about xmr bizarre but we hope to be launching it soon and that's you know it's gonna it's not a decentralized marketplace so it, it's not censorship resistant in any way but it's gonna be a you know clear market uh but on monero based only peer-to-peer with monero multisig built into it gotcha okay. you know, yeah so it's it's gonna be monitored in terms of things will have to be legal right but uh other than that it's two people that will be able to you know together in, in Agora style and trade whatever they want to trade uh, for, for Monero, right? Uh, hey, this is just uh, physical goods? Uh, no, physical goods, services. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Digital. Dig- digital goods as well. Just trying trying to bring the population of people that want to opt out and use Monero together and then just give them the platform you know, to do it and to interact. Whether it's goods or- so you're going to be arbitrating these um, you know, disputes? To decide with one or the other. Yeah, exactly. For when they, uh, you know, when when people want to use the Monero multi feature, then yeah, we would, there would be a a mediator that would arbitrate. Yeah, it's it's non custodial since um it's multi sig, and right. probably have an option for other people to like become mediators in the future. Uh, so then they can get they can get paid for being a mediator based on the fee they get. Uh, so you have like. The plan is that you'll have an option of uh, mediators you could choose from, and each one has their own rating and such. Right. A large right, amount right. available, so we don't think have like two people doing all of it. And then obviously, also people will just they won't be using multisig, right? If they if they see there's a trusted vendor, they've done transactions with them in the past, they've already bought raw milk off of them through time. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah, there's no point. Yeah, to peer and making a transaction and trusting that the person's going to deliver the goods, right? So there'll be something. I'm hoping that becomes a large part of it, right? So it, the multisig is there for the initial, I don't, you know, large large transaction. I don't trust the vendor. And then there's also just going to be this natural development of, of people start to trust vendors who build up 
you know, a, a resume, successful transactions and, you know, positive uh, past history. Right. Understood. Hey, yeah. Multi-sig, right? If you go on the raw milk vendor website and he's got a five stars uh, and like a hundred transactions in the past, you'll probably just order your raw milk. You're not going to multi-sig it. Right. Understood. Yeah. And is it going to be a web browser or is the client, you know, cause, uh, be a web browser. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Ultimately, though, you'd want to have people downloading some kind of software because otherwise, you know, if it's in a web browser, they don't know that it's, they don't actually have full custody there, right? Uh, full custody in terms of the Monero? Yeah. If it's in a web browser, you don't have full custody of uh, the coins because nope. it's in a web browser. The wallet, the wallet's generated locally on your device. It's right. generated in the uh, browser. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's like uh, how ProtonMail works. When it creates your account, it generates those keys. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can debate whether or not that's, I mean, it's that's still, legit. It's the web code that you're pulling down. So, yeah. You know, you make the argument that, oh, it was modified. It's not the same code. Uh, that's a fair argument, but this is just how it is for now. We were leaning towards it being for... Yeah, but uh, we're balancing usability with, you know, with... Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's the, you need a budget, right? You need you need to pay all these devs to make a Linux client, a Windows, Mac. Yeah, that takes a lot stuff. of time. And, and it's not even that, too. I mean, it's also, we, we want, this is for, like, like we're saying, right? Narrow, it doesn't have to be all about black markets or this, right? Like, so this is right. Not, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like a million-dollar transaction. Right, it's, it's wrong. Towards <laughs> the usability side of things, right? While trying to maintain uh centralization to a degree right in terms of that it's going to be uh trustless multi-sig but you don't have to download a client download software you any joe schmo can go to the website create an account start using it right right um but yeah it's it's not going to be a hardcore marketplace that can't be shut down <laughs> but it's going to work pretty well in terms of you know your monero is your monero as tux was explaining um you're, you know, the Monero isn't held on any centralized server anywhere where your keys aren't being held on a centralized server. The transaction's not going through us anyway. So it's it's truly peer-to-peer in that sense. Right. Yeah. It's great. So we'll be, uh, we'll be the very first vendors doing tech on there. Oh, awesome, man. Fantastic. Very exciting. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, stick around if you can. I guess we'll, we'll, we'll have you come up on stage. Uh, I guess we got news too. Oh my god, this is a this is a marathon a marathon show. Another marathon Monerotopia shows are out of hand. So we're we're at two hours. Yeah, we typically I guess do three hours these days. Um, Tuck, do you want to want to go to news? Uh yeah, do it. Thanks for coming up, Shadow Rebel. Stick around if you can, Shadow Rebel. Thank you so much. All right, let's run that news segment. Uh, do we got? Uh oh, do we have Tony? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah. Tony, right? Oh, oh, oh yeah, sir. Never mind. Uh, yeah, let's run that segment. And now for our weekly news. Hey, everybody. Happy weekend. Hey. Happy weekend. You guys want to do the viewers on stage and news at the same time? Sure. It's up to you. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll run the, uh, the viewer segment now. <laughs> it's the viewers on stage segment. It's that time where we invite you up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today, ask a guest question, or maybe talk about one of the news topics. Come on down. 
All yeah. right, guys, let come me know down. if you want to come up on stage, if you're currently sitting in the backstage. Right, we got Shortwave Surfer and AKN on. Okay, so 52 people watching on StreamYard. Put in, like, like. like and share. Like and share the video. Like. I hope that Zach guy jumps up. Because yeah. is this, this is a new headset. Do I sound all right? Yeah, you sound good. Yeah, man, you're still Puerto Rico. I'm chilling. No, actually, I am now in Washington. Um, but if Zach is still watching the show, you really should come up here. I have so many questions. Yeah, they, they were attacking you on Twitter as well. <laughs> I saw. Did you see that? I don't think they understand how thick the skin actually is. Like, it <laughs> should be a la- it should be Alaskan pachyderm instead of Alaskanon, so they don't have to worry about offending me. I don't know why they put you into the combo. That was pretty funny. They just started like. Well, the thing is, is like I could give two shits about like a bunch of like bickering back and forth on some Fed coin like Bitcoin, right? But I was just curious, like there was all of these accusations being thrown around, and I was just like, hey, can somebody actually show me like how you know these things so I can know them, right? Like I just started calling people out. I was like, hey. How do you actually know that this guy's surveilling you? Or how do you actually know that this... And I just started, like, actually asking them, what's the deal, right? So none of them brought the receipts. I waited, right? I I legit, I waited to see if they were going to bring the receipts. Nobody could show me that these people were, like, adding spyware to their code. Nobody could show me that they were actually, like, taking money from the cia or what it was just a whole bunch of different people that you know all of the the paranoia crowd were saying were just like these horrible people and i just asked for proof and nobody had it i didn't even see that take place on twitter so that you're you're referring to wasabi right and they're you're asking them to show show you the proof well that that was one example it's basically so i was on vacation as you know still am and I decided, like, I was going to go all in on trying to, you know, all of those Twitter beats and everything that people always talk about. Like, I wanted to know what proof any of these people had. And I am noticing more and more that the people who talked the loudest had nothing to show for it, right? They had to, they had no evidence whatsoever of, like, or, or I mean, maybe they do, but they're not showing me. That's the problem. Because I'm just supposed to take their word for it that, okay, this guy who is willing to come up on a show and, you know, make his case, like, the, the like he didn't give me any reason to doubt what he was saying. But these people who said, oh, my God, Doug is basically Satan's baby with the Antichrist after he, you know, seeded from Moloch or whatever, because he let a guy talk on a show. Okay. It's like, okay, yeah. And so... Did that guy allowed somebody to talk on a show, but then he asked somebody else to talk on a show who won't show up, and the reasoning behind it is because what exactly? Like I, and that's what I'm that's what I'm struggling with. And I, I mean, Zach, everything that he said in chat was very interesting to me, right? Yeah. But it's like, okay, where are the samurai crowd getting this idea? that Wasabi has all of this naughty stuff going on. Now, I don't use either one of them because I'm actually over here in Freedom Land using Monero and, like, trading value for actual digital cash. Right. So all of, you, yeah, all of you Bitcoin guys can enjoy your soap opera and I'll stand here and laugh for a little while. But, like, 
it's, you know, I, I hope you, I wish you all well, but could you please bring me some receipts so I can actually see whether or not anything you're telling me is true. That would be amazing. Honestly, I don't know enough about it either. And I, I feel bad. I wish I knew more going into that interview. I knew there was drama and he's been accused of stuff. I, I am guilty of not doing my homework well enough to like really, you know, attack him, which I hope like anybody who's seen my show, I don't hold back. I mean, if something that I knew that I should ask him, I would have been more than happy to to put it in his face. Well, um, Doug, like, I'm not going to be your white knight, right? Because, I mean, fuck you just like everybody else, right? But I'm just saying, like, is it actually your job to be all in the know about all of the reasons why people hate somebody? Yeah, yeah like, like it's, or is it like here? Here's the platform, and I'm going to let anybody come on the stage and harass you about anything. You right. better be ready. Right. You know, like I don't know what people are going to say when they get on viewers on stage, but this is a chance to defend yourself, or this is a chance to look like a bitch. You know what's yeah. it going to be? Or you know, <laughs> to have anybody from the samurai clan jump up here and tell us all that other side and explain everything. I mean, I'll tell you this, like for those listening in the Samurai Wallet and Ronin Dojo and all of those guys, right? I had a lot more respect for you guys before all of what I've seen in the last week and a half. Like a lot more respect than I do now because it speaks volumes to me that you have hours to spend spamming Twitter all day about how a guy is guilty of whatever but not minutes to spend to bring us the evidence. And furthermore, this guy that you're making these accusations of came onto a public platform and actually added value to the conversation. Okay. Now you can say the same about like the Ronin Dojo guy was on uh Blackman privacy and, you know, he added a lot of value to that conversation and he did a good job and whatever. But like, where are these samurai purity test vigilantes when it comes to adding value to these conversations? That's what I want to know. Why do they spend so much time claiming the guy is guilty of something and not proving it? And that, I mean, I know that's not what this show is about, but I think it's important for any of you guys listening. If you want to make the accusation, I need proof if I'm going to believe you. And a lot of people feel the same way. So if you want to maintain the level of respect that you have gained from all of the hard work that you guys have done with your development, with, uh, you know, with uh, great, you have Bitcoin, Monero, atomic swaps. That's amazing. And I'm super glad that you guys did the work. But if you want respect, you're also going to need to hold your tongue unless you have the evidence to back up your claims. Otherwise, I'm just going to see you as another... what was the name of the guy who is uh, like kind of the he did GNU, uh, Linus Torvald, but Richard Stallman? Yeah, Richard Stallman, like where you know he does this amazing stuff for freedom and privacy and then he goes and chills his communism. And, and it's just it like it's just dude, <laughs> like come on, man. <laughs> but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Yeah, when I had Stallman, he's worried that Monero might be used for uh, tax evasion. Um, yeah, Chris. I hope it is. Fuck giving the government yeah, yeah. concerns. Yeah, remember I interviewed Yeah, he's, he's like super pro-tax. Yeah, he's super pro-tax for one. And then for two, yeah, like he's he's really like hardcore government. Remember a lot of this came from like some pretty lefty shit. 
And if you think about it, open source software is like really like has a lot of lefty core ideologies, right? Like yeah. it's, you know, anti-intellectual property and all that stuff is really more of a left versus right value in old way. It was, so it was a lot of, you know, very difficult if anybody who watched it, it's, it's like, he's, a, he's a very difficult guy to talk. By the way, that's how I heard of Monero Talk. So that one probably got you a lot of people just saying um, but yeah, let, let, let's let's go on with the news and yeah, what, what really with this whole samurai thing, like yeah, guys, anybody in the samurai community, you're well. This stage is your stage as well. Obviously, I'd love to have samurai on a Monero talk too. It's been years since I, I interviewed them, so just keep the channels open, guys. You can, you can attack me all you want, whatever. That's fine. But at the same, it's, you know, just interact with us. Let's let's get the information out there. Let's talk out in the open. Uh, like when. Like two weeks ago, it was talking about XMR to BTC atomic swaps and criticizing the fact that, that they're using an implementation where it may be may be obvious that a swap is happening. Uh, I thought that was like very valid and something worth having a conversation about. And they, you know, they tried to cancel him on that as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that 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 was kind of the biggest turnoff. It, it even really had nothing to do with me. For me, yeah, I think talk happened with the samurai devs implementing like taproot address like the, yeah, they don't like the lightning but uh, uh root still gives a like, little bit amount of privacy if you want to use like multi-sig addresses or like scripting addresses yeah they, they, they don't want to hear it they don't want to have that they don't want to talk about it um all right but let's 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 move on with the news otherwise we will never mm-hmm. get through the show Tony, you, you want to take it away, and we'll we'll try to move things along. If people have a comment that they're dying to to bring up, you, you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, I'll go one by one. If you guys want to add anything, you know, just go ahead. So, uh, Finland's National Bureau of Investigation claims to have traced Monero. Uh, so, the KRP, Finnish National Bureau of Investigation, said that it successfully traced Monero transaction. The cyber criminal, the KRP, were after. Got ransoms. So this is the situation. So essentially, you got ransoms in Bitcoin. If somebody isn't muted, you're adding feedback. Please mute. Yeah, some, there we go. Okay. So essentially, somebody somebody wanted to get Bitcoin for a ransom. Then obviously, that he knew about Monero. Uh, so put the Bitcoin to a non-KYC exchange. In that exchange, um, he swapped the Bitcoin to Monero. So the ARP made an information request to the exchange. What had been done? And then um, a person sent those Monero to his own private wallet. And after that, he sent Monero's Binance and again exchanged them to, to um, Bitcoin. So, okay, to go over it again, he got Bitcoin, took it to a non-KYC exchange. And he okay, let me get bit, let me get Monero now. Took the Monero into a private wallet and the said, okay, let me take this Monero from the private wallet into Binance, different exchange and then get Bitcoin again. And then pretty much um, Finland's National Bureau of Investigation claims that they traced Monero, but really they just added one plus one and said, okay, this amount from this exchange correlates to this amount from Binance. And that's how they, they traced Monero, that it was actually, uh, you know, traced. Yeah, we don't really know what, right? We don't really know. I don't know if people have, who's really has knowledge of this, but it seems like it's either what you're saying, Tony, or perhaps an Eve, Alice, Eve, right? Yep, yep. Um, where they... what, who produced that article? I can't see because I'm on a phone. Oh, this is from uh, um, it's Finland. Uh, that, that person screwed bad. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I know, we, but we know this weakness exists, but it's it's pretty it's pretty hard to mess that to mess that up, right? Uh, I I struggle to believe that all of this is even authentic. Mm, Just yeah, like it's this 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 is a tough pill to swallow that this story is even actually mm-hmm. i mean i'm just saying <laughs> i think so too because if you know about monero why do you want to get paid in bitcoin just to go for non-kyc exchange to get monero and okay. why okay to be fair i've been on bread and i've seen quite a few instances where people are like i want to cash out and i have this bitcoin and it's like no dude no just no well yeah so could be an evalis eve Attack somebody said in the comments. Yeah, we don't know, but um, it's interesting. I mean, I, I just point out that in Eve, Alice, Eve, and the description that you just gave are fundamentally really not that different mm-hmm. because I mean, you can basically look at any exchange that's KYC as a, a government, right? So it's as yeah. soon as is as soon as you have an exchange on both sides of your own wallet, I mean, you you've already Eve, Alice, Eve, the guy, you know? so. And they needed a story for their uh, narrative. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is how they drive the price down, like they were trying over that time, you know. Exactly. Yeah, but it's uh, and one more thing from the article. It's funny how they said at the same time the KRP again the Swedish National Bureau of Investigation. They said that it has traced the cryptocurrency that was considered untraceable. <laughs> so, and and just being you know honest, right? We, we this is an indication the uh, the need to move over to full knowledge uh proofs right full membership yeah 100 percent. like this exchange from the weakness from exchange to exchange goes away uh, largely is ameliorated full membership proofs so there's there's two things there's two heuristics they can look at um so the the key thing is that he he the transfer from bitcoin to monero on an exchange they know exactly what the amount is and then when they sent that monero to his wallet they know what the real output of that spend was from their exchange to his monero wallet after some time, um, probably someone that would do this probably gave it a few hours, at best a few days, and then sent that straight to some other exchange uh, that's also reporting to chain analysis and or is reporting to the government when uh, when they get a warrant. So they can correlate the amounts, yes, but they also have the probabilistic, um, the output, right? Like the exchange that shared that output with chain analysis, right, that sent him the Monero, and also the exchange that received that output says, okay, here's one of the 15 um, outputs, right? They can just directly tie those together, especially if you didn't do any churning um, and if you didn't do any other means of obfuscating your Monero. It's very possible that he sent that same output that he received in the same ring that he sent to the secondary exchange, right? So that's like, okay, <clears throat> the amount is the same or very close to the same. And but your ring, one of 16 there, um, includes that same output that left the exchange. Like, that's a very high probability assumption to make. Um, probably high enough that you know in court that that like it would stand up. So and, and, go ahead. Uh, that that first exchange, right? It could could have also then sent additional transactions to that wallet, right? To to kind of gain more insight. Yeah, if they they really like if it's a high target or high value target, they very well could have sent him some pico Neros right? Um, to try and uh, you know in case because if, you, if you're gonna like it, let's suppose they sent one output. Let's suppose he just withdrew the entire balance from from the exchange. Um, so he's only got one output. Well, if the exchange then sends, or if they share 
um, right? If they share that address with the Fed boys or whatever, or in this case, the, the other guys, they could, yeah, they could send some Pico Neros to your wallet that you might not notice. You might have three outputs sitting in that wallet. And if you're an unsophisticated actor, you're going to aggregate all those three outputs at the same time and send them to the next exchange when you right. dump the entire contents of your wallet to the next exchange. It's like, there are mitigations for this, but if you're yeah. acting, like we say it all the time, if you're acting at this high level of threat model, you absolutely, you're stupid if you're that technically competent, right, to hack into people's computers, but not competent enough to spend a few days learning about how Monero is. And, and the mitigation uh, is like is, is very straightforward, right? It's w- waiting, right? <laughs> and then also just like sending, sending you know, another transaction to yourself before sending it off. I mean, there there is a million ways that this, and then once again, like this is why it's so hard for me to believe that this story, that we even if, if it's true that we have the full picture, because it's like I would be very interested to know how he got the ransom situation and what the ransom was for, why it was paid, like how the feds were aware of the fact that such a ransom was paid, and then I would be very very interested to know how with all of those situations in play in their optimal they just happen to have the world's dumbest hacker you know like it's there's so many reasons why it's just really hard for me to believe but on the flip side what's easy to believe is that the powers that be that have this incredible vested interest in pushing the price down at that particular moment in time you know people who are generating as much FUD for that particular currency as they can at that particular time wouldn't be interested in creating such a story as this, right? And what does the headline say? Does it say, world's dumbest hacker gets caught? No, it says, oh, Monero's defeated. It's worthless. Don't even bother buying it because you're, you know. that. You see what I'm saying? Like, there's so many layers to this that make me think, I don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. Um, the, the, it, it, some kind of fire level uh, fake hack, fake, um, you know, compromise was done. In terms of mitigation, mitigations, it's it's definitely more than just turning. Like at this kind of level, you you have to do more than just turning. Like you need to examine if you were this person, you would need to examine the outputs that you actually have. You probably want to consolidate them into a transaction that goes to you, not to an exchange, um, because after that consolidation moment, right, you're just one output that then gets lost in the noise. Probably then want to break that output into multiple different little outputs. Um, and, and deposit those at random different exchanges, right, for different amounts. Um, like, I mean, hypothetically, that those are some things I would think about doing. If I could find, um, hell, I mean, I'd maybe use BISC, right? Like, take the hint on the hit on that percentage and use BISC to make some more swaps. Um, if you can oh, find a way to... Saudi, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I mean, obviously, you're a lot more technical than I, but if you just send a few transactions to yourself, I mean, how is that especially if you're wait if you're waiting decent amount of time over the course of, of days uh aren't all the inputs going to be pretty well well mixed at that point i mean uh, i don't because know because if you got if you got a poison output attack against you and you have all these extra outputs and um you're doing like if you're just using the regular wallet and doing a send to self you're not going to be quite sure if those um if those poison outputs those pico arrows are getting picked up for the transaction or not you're not you're not going to be sure exactly what that looks like like Okay, you might. So at the end of that chain, when you send it to the exchange, you're still going to have this probabilistic association. And each time that you're you're adding another one of those outputs together, um, some of those poison outputs in a single transaction that you aggregate all of them and send to the exchange, you're adding significant levels of probabilistic or probability. 
that that was you or right that, that that that's the same person like at this level of threat modeling you don't want to be fucking around like like okay if you bought some drugs on the dark web whatever like they're not going to find you just because you pay, deposited later to an exchange but like if you are a ransomware hacker like you have a much higher threat model and those things might not be good enough and at a minimum they could raise the reasonable suspicion against you to take action right and you want to avoid even the reasonable suspicion you want to get lost completely so you, you've got to take all these extra measures and it's unfortunate um but that's just like that's a major weakness of um of uh rank signatures all right like we said we need full membership proofs and I think the the other point to make yeah, too is we need full membership proofs, and we have to improve the network level privacy also. After we have full membership and network level privacy, then after even getting delisted from the exchanges, the DEX and B two B markets, the network will be strong because most of the people will use like a light wallet. So yeah, it will give like more incentive to the privacy of money. Full, full membership proofs and being delisted from exchanges is all, is you know, pushing us into the direction of being more unstoppable and untraceable than, than ever. Sure. All right, keep moving with the news. Coinax says require mandatory ID verification for deposits and withdrawals of privacy coins. Um, the privacy coins are Beam, XHP, Oxandero, RXMR, Zev, and Zeno. So... If you're on Coinex, if you want to uh, deposit or withdraw privacy coins, you need mandatory ID verification. Z- Zcash didn't make the list there? No, Zcash didn't yeah, make I, the list. See, if I were the person that Coinex exchange, I would require a no ID to deposit privacy coins, and then I would require ID to withdraw privacy coins so that I could keep all their privacy coins. This is Shotgun KYC. It kind of is a way to incentive advice to catch the people to that use privacy coins because you deposit okay they didn't ask me anything but now all of a sudden they're asking me to uh, verify my id if i want to withdraw it they can use that, that strategy too to catch people but just don't use don't use centralized exchanges or exchanges in general um yeah just stay away uh let's actually play let's play this one now looks like we already have have one mysuperchat.com from Fiat Demise saying, can my super chat be updated to accept crypto instead of just saying, and the Fed, we should use money. The state can't control or surveil like Monero. That's Fiat Demise. There's a way of, of implementing like crypto as a way to do like super chats. I think that would be cool. If anyone knows the solution, uh, hit us up. Uh, All right. Yeah, we were talking about this last week. Um Luke Smith has been doing it for for years. Somebody just sent him that repository. I don't know if it works. I've tried it out myself, but it does require OBS. Yeah, Tux. Amazing OBS. Yeah, I said that to you uh, this week, too. Yeah, we're trying to figure that out. Maybe next week we could have something up and running. Maybe we could figure something out. Um, but yeah, it would be awesome to have, uh, what's his name now added to? What's 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 his name again, this guy? Is, uh... Uh, Luke? Yeah, then we've got to him... Uh... I'm a narrow talk for quite some time. Yeah, It'll that's the same guy that does with like those Tim Pool guys, those yeah, I, green yeah. guys. Yeah, I think it's very important if we get in contact with them, so it will like help to shift the Overton window. Because for Monero, it's very even for any privacy coin, it's very important to shift the Overton window because those people that technically they do not know about open source tech as well as privacy coin that much. Look, even if you look at their 
tech, if you observe them, we'll talk about Linux, but they're basically using Windows and Mac and iPhone. So yeah, it's important to, for shifting the over, we get in contact with them somehow. Yeah, I've been trying to get in contact. I met him at Porkfest. Yeah, Fiat Demise is the man. That's awesome that he reached out to that guy. That was that was pretty gangster. Yeah, that worked out very well. Um, but yeah, let's let's try to get a tip. Let's try to get a Monero super chat up and running out here. Do it. I, I know I know people who know him, so I could uh, pass pass some messages along. Try and get a hold of him. Oh yeah, please do, man. Please do. So I went to the Trucker Convoy website and I asked them to accept, start accepting Monero. Nice. Nice. Awesome. Any response? No. Nothing. <laughs> uh, okay. You know, you got you start, you start mentioning it, you start talking about it, and, you know, it, eventually, you know, you might start getting through, right? So you just got to keep after it. Yep. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about the Magic Monero Fund raising money for VT Nerd. VT Nerd has been developing for Monero since like 2016, so a long, long time. Let's go ahead and click on the link. Oops, actually, no. Why am I doing? Okay. So, um, go ahead to monerofund.org and then find, um, find this uh, donation request for VT Nerd and make sure that you donate. This is pretty big. Uh, he's currently seeking to raise $28,000. Uh, work for a quarter one and quarter two. It's a lot of work. And um, yeah, um, what is it? he's working on Monero LWS? That's the the, the light wild server. Um, yeah, that's that's. I mean, this guy's been around for a long time. We've had him at been at both of the Monero Topias, old school uh, OG Monero dev. He does a ton of work for Monero development, usually working on like network related things. Mm-hmm. Dandelion plus plus and all that stuff. Yeah, was he not the dev who is doing like you know, noise protocol stuff like P2P network level? Yeah. Increasing the privacy of that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's gonna put a lot of work in this project. His proposals found founds uh, four hundred and eighty hours of work, so about three months. It's a lot of hours. Yes. Yeah, so. Maybe we'll get him to uh attend Monerotopia in Argentina as well. Yeah. Would be fantastic. That'll be awesome. Okay, let's talk about Dark Web. Uh, this is something that uh, Doug wrote on Twitter. So Dark Web is trending. If you're just learning about it, you might not be surprised to learn that Bitcoin's first use case was as the currency of the dark markets. Makes sense because it's anonymous internet money, right? Wrong. It is not. Uh, Bitcoin is actually designed to be traceable, giving it a transparent ledger, making it a really poor tool for making anonymous private transactions on the internet. Monero, on the contrary, was invented a few years after Bitcoin, with improvements to make it function as untraceable digital cash, it has replaced Bitcoin as a preferred currency of markets. And then you mentioned Dow Tor, you know, I'll be safe. Yeah, I, I jumped on it because I just thought it was interesting. Dark Web was trending on Twitter. It was a top trending, uh, top trender for like 24 hours or whatever. And so I thought it was a good opportunity to try to uh, ride the wave, ride the inertia there a little bit and get the word out to people who are interested in Dark Web. Anecdotally, I've been seeing this too. Just among you know, it, among the normies in my day, day, I'm hearing more people like talk about the dark web, uh, like family member, like people are like, oh, you know, like dark web's a real thing. You're like, yes, yes, it is. And like uh, people are, I, for whatever reason, it is starting to trend uh, and leach out into into the normie world. And like we said, this is shifting the Overton window, right? You're you're watching that happen. So as normies start to realize. The dark web maybe really isn't all that dark, right? It's just you could use Tor, 
get access to these onion, onion sites. It's not just about drugs and illegal activity. It's about censorship-resistant free speech, people out there spreading information in a way that can't be stopped. Kind of like what the internet used to be back in the day when I first started, yes. Um, so I, people are starting to realize that to the, to the point where we saw it be the top trending topic. And I was just trying to use that at the moment to enlighten people about Monero as well. Um, why was it trending? Why was dark web trending? I'm not entirely sure. I put out another tweet because what also was trending that day was if you scroll down, actually. Um, oh, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So why why was it trending? Uh, also trending that day was was invasion, right? So if anybody's been paying attention to politics in the u.s does he got that whole issue going on 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 the, on the, southern, oh, yeah, the border. southern border yeah so there's this uh movement that's taking place where you have u.s citizens that are thinking they may want to kind of take things into their own hand go help out texas defend the border whether or not you agree with these things whatever your political persuasion is the point is there's a group of people that are looking to take political action that are trying to coordinate uh, and with that, is, is, is there comes the need to also coordinate funding, right? So just interesting. Yeah, uh, it's great maybe, for NATO. Maybe that's why we're seeing the rise in dark web searches. I tried to do a little research on X to see if that's what was popping up, and I did see some correlation there. I think it could be that, you know, that this, this sector of people was maybe trying to figure out how they can go on, on the dark web and post information and kind of use it in a way to accomplish whatever it is they're trying to accomplish in terms of coordinating together, getting information out, realizing that, you know, the clear head is often censored and controlled. Um, yeah, so yeah, actually, clearness, uh, the thing is, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, if we get to shift the Overton window more, I think we will see in the future the clear net will change dramatically. So I think the dark net, which uh, actually it should be the real internet. So because there is no encryption on the clear net, it's like a bad version. Like all the problem we are facing with IP address and the telecom industry, it all started with the radio and communication act. So yeah, unless we shift the Overton window more, uh, it will really help our movement with Monero as well as the two-way community. I just want to state for the record that Body has been on a rampage regarding both the technical and the political rants about this whole like border, civil war, dark web, all of that. Like I got a tremendous amount of joy catching up with all the things that he had to say. And if anybody has not, you really should just scroll through the uh, trail of blood and gore that is Body's Twitter threads lately. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an unfortunate situation where people the problem they're being played onto the two. Yeah, problem reaction solution. They're being played onto the two sides. Unfortunate because it's very predictable, and it's like that. No one, most people aren't seeing like from a clear philosophical logical perspective here. And both sides, both the Fed boys and the State boys, um, have like some slightly valid points, but they just don't understand how flawed they are. Buddy, what what's your take on this? On what we're seeing here? Do you think that this dark web search trend had anything to do with? what was happening down in Texas and everything I'm saying here to you, what, what, what is your take? Um, I could offer like the worst of speculative speculations, but I, I really don't know. I haven't, um, I'm not really apprised of like the uptick in the dark web, like the extra searches in dark web and whatnot. It, it's, it's plausible. Like it, it could be, um, 
but uh, I really wouldn't the same. Yeah, the problem is that the most of the dark web is dominated by the Onion Network, and there are flaws with the Onion Network. Yeah, it's getting imp- with there is a Rust client being developed RT, but the thing is, we generally want even the IPFS as well as the I2P or the new one Valdi. It's coming out. It's all Rust. I think uh, we have to look that all of those freedom, those should be mainly focused on the Rust programming language. I just, and, yeah. I just want to add on top of what he's saying here. It's not that any of those of us who are super in favor of adding other networks other than the Tor network, we're not trying to hate on Tor. What we would like to see is a massive plethora of options that are not the clear net where everything that ClearNet can do for people can be done better on at least one of those platforms. So I2P is amazing for a lot of things. So is Tor. Tor is amazing for a lot of things, right? Or the Dandelion Plus Plus, the way that uh, that Monero does its uh, connection bounces. All of these things are really good at what they're designed to do. But one of the reasons why I've been so loud about the Oxen Network People who are in this space are totally sleeping on the Oxen network. That, like, what it stands to be is absolutely amazing. Or they don't call it the Oxen network, but the Oxen team, they're, uh, what is it, LokiNet? Yeah, LokiNet. It, it, what, it, what it could be is amazing. So I, I hope that people realize having an alternative to the Tor network for the dark web that people actually use is crucial. And I think that your guest did a really good job of highlighting some of the reasons why we need it so bad. Yeah, and the problem with is the Onion Network is that they also have the same issue like Bitcoin is having. Like it's capped with those minimum megabytes. So that's the problem. Onion Network is actually very good, but you will see like deep artificial restriction. I2 doesn't have the, that problem, but I2P has another set of problem like it's fully java client it has to be like rust based yeah i'd point out that uh every additional network reduces the attack surface for each individual network it reduces the value of attacking the tor network when it's also simultaneously available on other networks using other platforms the more options we have in, a, in an odd way, it reduces the attack surface, not the other way around, because the incentive for attacking it in one area is highly diminished if it's available in another area. Okay, um, let's move on. So, um, Max D. Derangement Syndrome tweeted, Turns out the Wasabi Wall that integrated chain analysis in his mixer wants to make a move to another industry if someone impressed him. He's already receiving invites, such as the Monero Talk host, inviting him to work on Monero. I love that. I love that. And, oh, then, really? and then I saw another post later where somebody is, uh, took a post, a post from Dread where there's like this rumor that Nopara is going to go work for Monero. And it, it all came from the interview I had with him where I just in passing I said, would you consider working on the Monero protocol? It's just pretty funny. It's hilarious. I didn't even know what Max. Yeah, why would we? Why would we want not like? So they're they're suggesting that we shouldn't want Nopar to even like contribute code to Monero because he's so so corrupted that now he's to destroy Monero. 
I love that they talk, of, they talk about Doug like he is the gatekeeper for whether or not people work on Monero. It's like, Doug, like the leader of Monero, is inviting this guy. It's like, okay, bro. Whoever's trying to join StreamYard, it's full. Sorry if it's bugging you. There's too many people in here. Hello, good day. Did you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we can. Yeah, hello, hello. Uh, so, uh, Prancing, Prancing was just saying that he does not even know or didn't know what a maximalist is. And I wanted to repeat what I said two shows ago. Um, basically, the amount of fastest machines mining Monero is roughly 10,000. And the amount of fastest machines mining Bitcoin is, let's say, a million. So, the objective... Thing that Bitcoiners have to be a hundred times bigger than us is that supremacy of having hundred times more hash rate. Yeah, got it. Yeah, I can see why there's a lot of uh, animosity uh, shown. But for that, well, if samurai devs can make a like samurai swap with Monero, I think Wasabi should also do the same. I think those cash fusion guys should also do one of those. Yeah, it's like improve Monero anyway. So it's good for us anyway. Yeah, the more the better. The more the better. But yeah, I I'm not the person who decides who gets to work on Monero, guys. Just <laughs> do not do not send your resume to me. <laughs> um all right, let's get this one. Yeah, so this one is actually from Samurai Wallet in October. Uh they wrote we asked our attorney to assemble an expert legal team to respond to FinCEN's proposed rules that would effectively ban coin. As privacy best practices, such as not reusing addresses and coin join, last night our letter was submitted. And just to read a little bit, uh, they wrote, We appreciate the opportunity to comment on docket number know, released by the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network on October 22nd, 2023. We are a variety of unaffiliated companies that represent important cybersecurity safeguards and privacy enabling software to protect our businesses and our users. It's, so it's a long, um, it's a long response. Yeah, so this was, um, this was in response to, uh, look, you go to the, t- I can't read anything because you're moving it all. Oh, sorry. Which one do you want? Uh, if you just go to the top. Yeah. So the, right. They're, they're, they're proposing the, the fit is proposing to, to initiate these, these new regulations underneath the Patriot Act, right? Where basically, uh, banks and other, uh, money service providers or, um, uh, you know, anybody that, that's that's dealing with money that's considered a money transfer um, exchanges, but not if these new regulations were to pass, uh, these exchanges are required to fill out reports if they know that the, the the cryptocurrency they receive was was previously mixed, quote unquote mixed, right? Um, and this was proposed a few few months ago uh, by Fitzen, and now. Um, Samurai Wallet, along with others, got together and they submitted their their arguments to FinCEN as to why, uh, basically, the, the rates they're looking to pass are, are too drastic and unnecessary, and would, um, you know, are basically unconstitutional, potentially unconstitutional, all that stuff, right? Like it, you shouldn't be attacking privacy tools, let people use them. So interesting to see uh, how this is all play out with FinCEN. And if you know, we had we talked about this on the show months ago. Uh, FinCEN's the, the way they're defining um, mixing is very broad, right? So it certainly takes into account something like Samurai and the tools that they're building, and it even uh, arguably encompasses Monero itself, right? And so anybody 
if this were coming to pass, anybody that's using Monero or that swaps in from Bitcoin or, or even if it's somehow noticed, right? We were talking about how these BTC XMR atomic swaps it might be it might be noticeable that you performed a, a swap, arguably, right? And now you have your your Bitcoin and you send to an exchange exchange like, wait, we saw that that you you know you did a swap here. Um, now you're on a list and we're notified since then. Um, so that's what this is. That's what this is all about. I think it's I think it's kind of funny. Right? So I to make this like me kind of being annoyed by samurai but i think it's i think it's great that they did this but i think it's kind of uh, ironic and hypocritical because i think i feel like if somebody else were to do this in the in the industry um they would be asking why are you why are you even uh tdev right the tdev he's the most badass guy in crypto he's the cypherpunk he would be saying why are you even engaging with governments and asking them for permission uh, just build and and don't ask for permission. So I think it's kind of funny that Samurai here is actually went in the other direction. I applaud them for doing it, and they teamed up with a lot of the like the company and services that they're normally trying to curb off uh, on on the internet. So that's pretty interesting. Eventually, surface web. Yeah, they teamed up. Yeah, with like, like eventually, uh, it will be like tornado catch developers. If you're in the surface web, and if you're public. They will, you, you have to know, they will come after you. That's why it's better, Monero. We have to shift the networks, the dark net. Yeah, we'll see what happens with this new proposed FinCEN regulations if it actually comes. It's not going to make, yeah, it's, it's not making Monero illegal or anything, but it's saying that these exchanges, these money service providers will now have to fill out these actual, extra reports if they believe that their customers previously mixed or used something like Monero. Does anybody remember, I think it was like four weeks ago, Body and I got into it in a good way where we were talking about how, no, this is like two months ago, actually, but I digress. We were talking about how there was some really strong evidence that the powers that be had literally no choice but to spend the rest of their, I guess you could call it ammunition, um, and exhaust tools that they had been using to suppress the price, control the flow of Monero, keep people away from the on and off ramps. Remember how we were talking about how it didn't make sense for the cabal to be making the decisions that they were making unless the, their hand was forced. Does everybody remember that? Who was there anyway? Yep, I remember it. Well, I, remember. I think that, yeah, we now have much more evidence than we did at the time that that was theorized, that these people are willing to throw away all of the best ammunition that they have for some unknown reason. And I would wonder if perhaps like, the predictive algorithms that are available to the powers that be have them spooked about the potential value of things like Monero in some kind of revolution that they see on the horizon. I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, there's a lot of reason to believe that they are freaked out right now. For them to just be throwing everything that they have sitting in the wings and getting people all stirred up and like saying Monero publicly. Remember, I was like, oh, they're only going to start using the word Monero or XMR when they basically ha don't have a choice anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. We have to, because they're intentionally avoiding even using the name of Monero in the public and as well as the political sphere. So for the Monero community, it's very important. Right now with the recent events, it will get more tough. 
So we have to infiltrate the other side as make sure Monero is pretty much infiltrated in all those communities. So they will be forced to mention the name. And the more they mention the name, the more they try to make sure like developers getting arrested and everything, the more the overturned window will shift. Because I think enemies will try to get after privacy coins as well as the guns because that's their number one target. So what's so I just, just go ahead. Stop. Sorry. In the past, uh, let's just say circa 2019, 2020, we actually saw Fed Boys mentioning Monero in their publications, talking about how they had significant problems. In fact, it was one of the very few coins that was actually mentioned by name. And mysteriously, Monero started disappearing from all those publications. They started issuing reports about darknet market volumes and, and uh, stuff like that that was probably absent Monero. Um, and I think that was on purpose. So in some ways, that's a bit of an indication of like level of planning and intelligence that these guys have. They really didn't see this. Um, they didn't understand it until really the normies kind of started seeing it and understanding it. And they're like, oh, shit, we need to stop mentioning this coin so it doesn't give it uh, more visibility. And we're kind of in that, um, you know, we're maybe we're exiting that phase and maybe we're we're just starting to get into the um into the fight you phase but they are trying to keep as covert as possible to fight this but um as as they forced uh, more and more try and force monero to be removed from exchanges um i mean they're going to continue to use the same cover tactics that we've seen them use where they, they try not to mention monero but they will they will do it more and more as as they have to yeah and there another target is into an encryption hey you guys want a quick update on um you want to update on... My... Yeah, I would love to hear how the cake pay thing resolved. So uh, so the cake pay... Uh, I, so I'll summarize. Uh, three weeks fighting with customer support of both the card issuer and the, and the uh, cake pay. And really, nobody's very helpful. Uh, no, nobody's willing to talk about... Uh, they're, they're pointing fingers at each other and nobody's willing to talk about that. So I came on Monero Talk. And five days later, uh, you know, uh, well, three days, uh, two days later, I had Daniel from CakePay contact me. And then, uh, you know, by the fifth day, I, the, the the full amount of Monero was returned to my wallet and the issue is completely resolved. But I think uh, there's two things. Uh, they need to do better with customer service. And also, uh, I think they need to do better with, delineating the fact that you you have to uh, specify the difference between a gift card and a and a regular Visa card. Visa card is all KYC, regardless of Monero, uh, a, a proper Visa card. But uh, a Visa gift card is a gift card that's intended to go to somebody else, so it doesn't have your name, your KYC attached to it. And that wasn't well uh, spelled out in the some of the advertising so I think the 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 community as a whole, and certainly Cake Pay to work with their providers to delineate that in a more uh, succinct fashion, so people know what they're getting into. But all in all, I'm just happy that uh, I had a, a a decent outcome, and uh, you know nothing would preclude me from doing business with Cake Pay again. And I'm I'm grateful for Daniel's help and uh, and Monero talk for uh, you know bringing it to a head. I just want to also add, I think it was Privacy Dad had questions about reasons why a person would even want to use some of these tools. 
Yeah, yeah. And yeah. to think somebody who is that literate in the privacy space, not knowing the massive litany of reasons why such a thing would be advantageous, right? Just shows our tech is absolutely amazing and bleeding edge. And I guess marketing is like 100% Doug and Vic and their teams, right? Like we have nobody marketing the value that Monero and these related services are bringing to the table. And it just goes to show you that if somebody who is literally like one of the faces of this space, which is privacy debt, and another guy, our friend here who is decently tech literate and is well aware of the need for these things. We have technology that is so ahead of the curve as far as like people getting out of the system and protecting their privacy. And people don't even know what it's for, right? Like we really need to start pivoting a little bit more of our efforts and resources into not just adoption, which is a big deal, but also just making people aware of what it does and what the need for these things are. Because we we don't really have guys doing that. And I think there's a place for a lot of people who are all about Monero, but are devs. Oh, what can I do about it? Well, there you go. Right there. Get out there and explain to people what the purpose of these tools are. Right? Go out there and explain to people who are curious. But more importantly, you know, make a friendly user guide. Make a, you know, make yourself available for just a little while if somebody questions or somebody wants a, a live tutorial, make a YouTube video or whatever. Like people who are knowledgeable in this space are struggling to understand why some of these tools even exist. Oh, I just got yeah. a comment on the uh, your cake pay issue, Prancing. Um, I'm glad it was resolved. I'm sorry if it took a while. I, I don't know exactly what, what it was because um, I'm not... But one of the main issues I, I do notice is that uh, if we're dealing with an issue with our provider, we, a lot of the time, just waiting, waiting for them to respond, waiting for them to deal with their issue. So that's probably why it took a while to get it resolved. But also I'll comment on the uh, the Visa and MasterCards. Yeah, those ones, they ask for a lot of information, and I'm not saying this officially, uh, but you sort of can just use fake information which is not an official cake position uh but i've done that myself and you should totally undo yeah. that of course yeah no you know, like we, that. we're but, telling but, you that it is very important that you don't do it you might be oh i may i may have made a mistake and and done something that may per be perceived to have done that <laughs> yeah. and that's why i kind of thought that that's why the card wasn't working anywhere so I just, you know, I was at the stage where I just want to get my money out and, and, you know, lesson learned kind of thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I won't do it with that particular one, but I have done it and I'm testing. See, I'm testing all these different methods. I'm testing one that I just did from Stealth S and uh, it, it has one that's a gift card and it asks your name. It doesn't ask all that other KYC stuff, and the name never prints up on the card. So it's it's more of a gift card. Uh, so I'm more I'm, I'm more encouraged about that one. Basically, I've made it my mission to test all these things as a newbie and just learn how to use Monero and try to make it work in the United States. You know, we'll see see how I go, and I'll try to keep some notes and maybe tabulate some of this for for training materials later on. 
One thing I will note is that you you'll need to whatever you're paying with, you need to um, obviously have the same name, but also that the card is these virtual cards sometimes don't work with everything. There'll there'll be some things occasionally they don't work with. Um, but I'll I'll definitely look and seeing if we can get something like that virtual. Would you say it was just a it was a Visa gift card like a vanilla gift card that you can buy like yeah. somewhere, but it was one on yeah. what site? What site was that on? Uh, Stealth S. Okay, that's interesting. I'll take a look because that would be that would be great having one. That, and it's all like, done without your email or anything. It's all done right there. It shows the blockchain except uh, the Monero after you send it out of your wallet. Yeah, you know, like you leave the web page up. That's right. Pretty cool. Go ahead. All right, guys. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's keep it moving. But uh, as Alaskanam was saying, right, this is uh, it's also about building out the circular economy. Right, I'm 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 waiting for the day I could just continually just push people to XMR Bazaar. Um, because yeah, for those who don't code or are looking for to figure out what they can do to help Monero, teach people about it, teach people about the importance of. of cash itself and that cash is being eliminated and we're going to need some replacement and i think the other thing you could do is actively start using it providing goods and services for it that's like an amazing step forward is actually building out the circular economy that's going to be one of the easiest most important things we we can all do we could do it now uh but and, and there's obviously other means but i'm excited about trying to create a way that makes it super super user friendly where we could just direct people to this you want to do something for Monero? All right, just start selling goods and services for it, or start you know purchasing goods and services for it peer to peer. That's how that's how we that's how we win. Everything else matters at that point. We've opted out. Yeah, that's right. And the, when people starting to wake up by sh- the shift of the overturn window, because the enemies they want to ban end to end encryption, they want to ban guns, they want to ban gold, they want to ban cash payments, so. When you have like your uh, software solutions such as GrapheneOS or like Linux Force or even privacy print Monero or like 3D printing of guns or even like Simplex, those chat apps, which are like highly private. So once you have those options, then you direct people to those options. Naturally, they will just go mingle and then the adoption will grow anyway. So I- I think after Nostra, I think we should have a Monero client for the simplex chat app. So people will just use it directly. Awesome. Okay. Let's move on now. Um, let's talk about the proposed... Let's keep talking about FinCEN a little bit. And uh, the proposed FinCEN rule to self-criminalize virtually any privacy-seeking crypto transaction. Now, this is a comment from Coin Center on the proposal of special measure regarding convertible virtual currency mixing as a class of transactions of primary money, laundering concern. You can go to federalregister.gov to find the document and read the whole the whole thing uh, from, uh, from FinCEN. Basically, the summary of this document is that um, they are um, issuing a notice. Yeah, this is the same. This is what we were just talking about. I believe it's the same, the same regulation, right? This, and this is what uh, Samurai had responded to. Um, yeah, it's under under the Patriot Act. They're proposing these these new regulations where essentially they're defining what what it, what it is to to mix and try to conceal your your history in crypto, uh, mandating that money service providers provide reports if they think that that's what's taking place. It's the same thing. Yep. 
Okay, now let's talk about new selections. Are CBDCs becoming hyper-politicized? Um, central bank digital currencies are becoming more politicized globally, but in the U.S. they are they seem to be hyper-politicized. So um, talks about Trump, his stance on uh, the CBDC, how he would never allow a digital dollar to um, in the United States. Uh, then Biden actively working on a CBDC. I also mentioned how the cent- Ron DeSantis um, stopped candidating as a president, and now he's supporting Trump. Uh, but they're they're both against. Um, uh, CBDCs, and it's interesting how now, when you're thinking about who you're gonna vote as a president, you need to see what their stance is on the CBDC. Um, yeah, that's great. Like when CBDCs are hyper politicized, I think it's great for Monero. We should encourage the politicized, the political inclination of like anti CBDC, pro CBDC stance. So yeah, it will really help Monero. It's gonna help Monero. It's gonna help uh, people. Uh, to choose as well too as well because it's a their stance on the CBDC will tell a lot about them as a future president and what they're going to to well. show their character as well as the litmus test it would help I, the privacy I, litmus I, test i just want to remind everybody that uh this this is actually pretty traditional in these races in fact you can go back to Woodrow Wilson Woodrow Wilson kept us out of the Great War, guys. He kept America out of World War One. That was like what he ran on. And then the first thing he did when he became reelected was he dragged everybody into World War One, right? I mean, we we have to remember that the idea behind political cult of personality is to try to get everybody behind a guy by saying all the right things. So when he backpedals one issue at a time. People find excuses to still like the guy, right? It's the, and this this is one of those things about CBDCs. I mean, for one, you know, Trump has known about them for years now because he's talked about them many times. All kinds of people have talked with him about it. And yet he claims, oh, thanks to Vivek Ramaswamy, I just heard about this. Well, if he's willing to lie about the fact that he just heard about it, right? for political clout and why he hasn't chimed in and so on. We already know that the guy is like full of it, but then on top of it, go ahead. He'll say anything to get in. And, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, he, he was a Democrat before he was a Republican, right? Everybody well, just needs to know that, right? Wasn't he the uh, same guy who did like bump stock ban? Wasn't he yeah. the same guy that did bump stock but, ban? It's like outside of the politics thing, because like I think ninety percent of the audience is anarchist and doesn't like any of these people. But I'm just saying, what we need to remember, it is a safe assumption that these people are going to pivot. Honestly, I was blown away that Millet did even anything that he said he was going to do. Right? Like I just assumed it was never going to happen. And let's just keep fixing technical problems with technical solutions. Right? But there is one beautiful thing that can come out of the fact that it's being brought public is there are all of these people that, and it's the same guys you would always expect, right? Which is like the minute they come for my guns, that's when I'm going to whatever, or the minute that they come for my whatever, that's where I'm going to whatever. There's a lot of people saying that CBDCs are the issue that they're going to stand on as far as whether or not they are going to continue supporting their government or paying taxes or whatever. We have a beautiful opportunity to screen cap and record all of these people claiming 
that CBDCs are the issue, that that is the hill that they are willing to die on, right? And showing them when it inevitably happens, you said this was the hill that you are willing to die on, right? And holding their feet to the fire that this is going to be the thing that they are not going to budge on. They are not going to let the government have that kind of power. But we've already also seen that, you know, when, when the when the Wu flu restriction hit, most people, they just they just caved. When the bump stock thing hit, oh, well, yeah, I mean, I don't care about that Second Amendment. It was the other Second Amendments that I stand for, right? It's a chance to expose the hypocrisy of these people if, you know, if, if we record them saying or doing... But we also need to remember that, it, it, like, if it's going mainstream, if they're publicly talking about it, oh, we've been working on a CBDC, and now Trump is talking about it too. You know, it's coming soon, so we better have our parallel economy in place, ready to roar. Get ready to beta test oh, XMR Bazaar. Get ready to beta test all of these other things that are coming on the pike. You know, make sure that you know at least one way to atomic swap. Make sure that you know at least one way to stay in touch with your local community outside of the, the clear net chat and so on, as we always talk about. That's yeah, my, I would like that's to my point piece. out another fact. Yeah, I would like to point out another fact. Like, yeah, we, I think everyone over here will know that the other side, the Democratic Party or the leftists, they are like the main enemy. But yeah, even if we think like Millet, Trump, or Vivek, or even DeSantis, they're controlled opposition. It's still better to have them because it will shift. It will help us shift the Overton window. Our our target is uh, to shift the Overton window. So even if they are controlled opposition and they will later on betray us, it's still better because we will have the screenshot that look we said it will happen like that. Still, it will wake up more people because the idea, spread of idea will be there of anti-CBDC, of privacy coin, of 3D printed guns, of constitution carry, of open carry, permitless concealed carry. I think those ideas should be there. So unless we have like, you'll see like, yeah, to a Republican presidency, like Trump presidency, he did construct pen. But oh, on his time, we had like so much constitution carry, so much permitless carry. Even many of the state have open carry. So yeah, it's still good to have that effect. Like it will help us to shift. We should always think what will help as a movement to shift the open window. Yeah, they will be control opposition. Like the, our enemies have uh, like puppets in both parties but still we have to look out which will help us to shift the overton window well the right is nothing but the left going the speed limit and as far as um oh i just lost my train of thought darn it but yeah the, the right is nothing but the left going the speed limit oh they're yep, politicians that. you can tell you can tell when a politician is lying by when they open their <laughs> i would like to repeat i would like to repeat the point i was checking um statistics today and it got me quite worried. I had another idea, and I wasn't really uh, realizing that, is that in America alone, there are 5,000 data centers. Then the next big thing is Germany with around 300. Hetzna is a really big one. And these are like rows of 1,400 AMD epics. So if we say that, okay, Monero has roughly 50K AMD epics on single board, single... CPUs running. 
So my question is, aren't you guys worried that, uh, I, I don't understand why the IRS uh, puts out the bounty to crack Monero. They factually just need to put one of their data centers, like 5,000 data centers. Each data center just running 10 uh, epics, and there you go. You already have 50,000, you mine empty blocks for three months, Monero price goes to zero, and we all get a reality check. I think this is really important to realize. Um, I don't know. Well, for one, I'd point out that if you have uh, the archived chain and you see, this, you see the hash rate spike like that, you have frozen in time all of the Monero to that point, right? But then... The other side to that is, um, it, of course, yeah. I mean, a lot of us are super worried about the the mining. No, no, sorry. All of even, even worse. Sorry, even worse because it has a dynamic block size. So even worse than empty blocks, it's a spam filled blocks, and it rises like after ten hours to I don't know how many megabytes. Uh, and plus that, every though is going to be running to buy a new terabyte, and that is really reality check. I mean, this is definitely a serious concern. Arctic Mine had a really good idea about this too, um, and this is one of the reasons why. Uh, what's that called when you parallel process a chain that automatically mines another chain? What's the word for that again? Merge mining. Um, merge merge mining. Mine, yeah. Merge mining, especially with something that has like kind of smart contracts going on or something, something highly complementary to Monero, would be ideal. Um, and there's there's a lot of reasons why, like the mining issue, Monero. I mean, we're we're also talking about something that is a little a little bit far fetched, right? Um, but only in the sense that. Like it, it is still feasible. It is still possible, and if it becomes enough of a threat, then why not, right? Um, but on the flip side, the the fact that a sophisticated hacker or somebody renting server space or somebody in control of rentable server space, uh, you know, there's a lot of alternate ways that a person could combat. That. Well, and remember the the IRS. And the NSA and the DOD and all these people need something for their black budgets. And if they're going to get rid of dollars, like physical dollars that they can carry around in a suitcase, they're going to need a digital version of that. And they're sure as hell not going to pay their bribes in Bitcoin. No way. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Even, and even if there is a risk of the debt, like we could just hard fork another algorithm. And it's business as usual. And I think, yeah. That's a good argument, Bob. Um, uh, I2P, that's a good argument. I wanted to, to yeah. give a joke. Um, why why do Bitcoin plebs need to lower their time preference? Because the they, should, is, like, they, need, they need to wait to transact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing is, yeah. Like, uh, over no, here, but it's true. Like, uh, the... It's serious. It's yeah, like, the... what? Yeah, the thing is that uh, for like the Monero, I'm still specifically the culture. Like, if you have a culture, like not for, of like soft forks or like small blocks, but if you just have a culture of maximum privacy, uh, suppose you see like uh, there is a threat, like massive uh, supercomputers, they are mining empty blocks. So we'll just have to hard fork to change the algo. Or if you have 
that same culture, that then you will understand that uh, those CIA, they need their blank budget. So they will, unless when there is like CBDCs forced down our throat, there is no amount of cash anymore. So they will start using Monero because it's the most effective currency. So yeah, there is lots of options. I mean, and also, you know, Bitcoin faced this in the early days as well. Why, why is Monero completely different in this regard? Um, yeah. The government would be better by playing by the rules and taking their data centers and mining Monero and using it legit than they would be to attack the network. Yeah, because they, they will have like an extreme advantage to get more coins. They will have to be like extremely stupid to waste their resources unnecessarily. Right, and there are 5,000 5, data centers, man. That's not an argument. It would be just a piece of cake. These massive data centers, you just check them on YouTube and statistics, and it's so horror. How, how is this different than the early days of Bitcoin? Uh, where... Because now Bitcoin is 100 times more oh, with hash rates. I mean, I'm, I'm, like Bitcoin faced this problem and somehow made it through it. Why, why was why is Monero any different in this regard? Well, at that time it was using ASICs and it was already past the, in my in my view, if they would have the, the only argument, the reasonable one is that in the early days, if they wanted to try that, they probably saw that if they buy all the ASICs from Ant, Ant Miner, uh, from Bitmine, they couldn't do it. So I guess the immaculate birth of Bitcoin at the, then later, five years later, uh, prohibited that because the machines were too much. But now, in fact, it's scary that the machines are not uh, too much in Monero. And this is a thing that everyone should be aware of. Why haven't they done it yeah. already? If, right. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just... theory was there with Bitcoin, right? There was a time where it could have been done with Bitcoin, and, and, and it didn't happen for whatever reason, whatever the dynamic was. Um I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And so you need to look at the. the, the I can. I can actually answer why it hasn't happened. I can tell you why it hasn't happened. The pretty high degree of certainty, which is number one, that these data centers, even at their current size and scale and so on, between the amount that they have to run for upkeep for what they're already being utilized to do. On top of the fact that the technological proficiency of, I mean, so anybody who has ever, you remember uh, mining Ethereum with GPUs and trying to build these ever more complicated mining rigs with GPUs, trying to chain together GPU after GPU after GPU. And now those are things that are literally designed to run parallel processing. You know, GPUs are so good at mining Ethereum as a cluster for the reasons that GPUs are good at what GPUs are for, right? Now, using like a, a, an endless, like a massive epic processor database. Well, here's the thing. Monero seems to have the best efficacy rate. I think is it in Ryzen, like third gen or whatever. So there are specific processors that have a huge efficiency advantage for one um, and ARM. But then the other thing is is managing the cooling, managing the the technical proficiency for actually getting all of these processors to do what they're being asked to do, and then removing that talent, that hardware, that energy, 
and so on from what it is already being allocated for. So now think about the value of that. So you could also say, well, the people who front run the stock market for a living, right? The stock market front runner people, well, they have all of the hardware necessary for doing the same thing, right? They could easily mine empty blocks or, you know, spam blocks or whatever, but they don't. Well, why? Because that what stand to gain using those computers systems for what they're intended for the way that they are being used now versus deploying the technical expertise to make the computer systems do what you're suggesting for one there's no guarantee of success for two they're using them now to front run the market for amazing profits and then for three what is the incentive of driving Monero down to zero only for a whole bunch of people the hard reformers short before yeah, but, it, you, but I guess... you can't exactly short Monero the way that you can front run and short the market, right? Shorting yeah. Monero is it's... actually kind of tricky in large volume, right? I mean, you... I mean that's what you do instead of banning it. That's what you do instead of banning it. And you that's... have to look at the argument. Like Bitcoin and Ethereum, their majority of the blocks, they are being mined by OFAC factor those they are already like censored like they have that ocean pool they have that OFAC list of some addresses in both bitcoin as well as the ethereum like those uh if, if you tell like asic like heavy intensive use of asics in bitcoin as well as intensive use of proof of stake those both chains are like getting heavily censored so Monero's random acts strategy, as well as the culture of hard folks, it will actually have give Monero more advantage instead of disadvantage. So if there is a threat, they will, will just hard fork it. And if there is a threat, uh, we'll just switch the random acts algo a little bit. So they, they got they got wasted doing their stuff. Those data centers are, are, are already being used for things like monitoring U.S. phone calls, ask the NSA, or people's emails. So they can either monitor people's emails with this data center, or they can mine Monero and not monitor the emails. They have to choose. They can't do both of them because the computers can't do both. So they've got to choose what's more important to them. Yeah, that's why that, Monero that's it. It, it is uh, something that we have to consider. And earlier, the death report, Hundhausen was saying... Uh, you know, like th there are alternative Monero chains and alternative programming languages being used to build the same feature set. And wouldn't it be cool if somebody came along with the idea of like merge mining both of those on top of like a, a smart contract chain or whatever? There are a lot of, of uh, solutions available, or at least theoretically right now, that we could start deploying right now. And yeah, that's why I said for Monero, I think largely we have to infiltrate those Second Amendment communities because once we have those, then we will have a huge reach for political space as well as the public sphere because those gun manufacturers will need, as well as those precious metal guys, they will need uh, to withdraw somehow their value. They have to exchange their value somehow. So when there is a ban on cash or forced implementation of digital ID or CBDC or social credit, so Monero will get a huge advantage compared to those. So it's actually very important for the group to like 
infiltrate those other groups and like advertise the Monero and its features and give them the direction that way. All right, let's keep, let's keep moving. Tony, are you still there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, Bank of England. So we've been having England, the US, and a couple of countries heavily researching and looking into CBDCs, but then they would say, turn around and say that we haven't made a final decision on the CBDC, and UK is one of them. So they said in response to a consultation paper on UK CBDC, the bank and ancient treasury said that uh, they had not decided to launch a digital pound, but intended to protect access to cash, which is interesting. So um, they also mentioned that they intended to focus on privacy and control. And what, 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 does, what, what does it all mean? What, what I mean, how, how can you put privacy and control in the same in the same sentence? For me, it's more. Yeah, those are oxymorons. Yeah. Oh no, no, they said exactly what they mean. Privacy for me, control for thee. Exactly, you see, they're yeah. focusing yeah. on privacy and control. Exactly, it's kind of like privacy for the state, but control for everyone else. Exactly, it's like the government giving you because the they want to continue their like front running, like black uh, this black budget as well as like cartel functions yeah it's it's kind of like the government giving you an apartment you have curtains it's enclosed you have all kinds of security measures at the front door so nobody can get in but they, they have the key so they can get any time it's technically they have privacy i believe that's called a prison sir yeah 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 so yeah privacy and control and then january 25th notice Bank of England said no final decision has been made regarding launching a digital pound. So they're in the talks, but they want to protect access to cash. They want to uh, give residents an additional payment choice. It's also funny how uh, the British people refer to the uh, digital pound as Britcoin. I thought that was funny. Uh, so this is what this article is talking about. Are we going to see a digital pound? Sure, probably, probably yes, because uh, we've been looking into it for a long time. Um, done. Real quick, I just thought I'd point out that uh, notice what they're doing with the language there. If you remove the word pound, so it went from pound sterling to pound to Britcoin, right? And so the idea is you're constantly separating it from the value that originally backed it linguistically. I think that's kind of interesting too. Yep. So that it eventually the lingo becomes it's not backed by anything really. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's that's a good that's a good point actually. And they are not even thinking those properly. Like in in case in the event of a solar flare, massive solar flare, or like a geopolitical event, and there is an EMP loss, most of the digital infrastructure will go down. They are even not even thinking seriously about their control. Like they want privacy and control at the same time. They're actually not thinking those those things straight. Like they're they're just showing that they are greedy and they want control so much that they cannot even. Consider the events like there is a if there is a mistake or there is mishap, then thinking those concepts straightly. Nope, I agree. And um, so we'll see. Are they going to protect cash? <laughs> That's well, we're gonna have to see that. But um, they also said, let's see, the POE and the HM Treasury said they expected to launch the digital pound referred to as Britcoin by certain members of the public. No earlier than 2025 should they move forward with the CBDC plan. So um, it would be coming soon if it wouldn't. Yeah. 
you know, let me show you guys the supermarket in Argentina where you can buy groceries for XMR. So, awesome. so yeah, it's pretty cool. Let me show you. So for the people watching on YouTube, uh, there's a picture of the supermarket. Then let's go through. Bam. Except the Monero. And you can purchase anything that you'd like using Monero. In Monero Town. Oh, fantastic. Now, I thought about... Well, we'll try to have these guys jump on maybe uh, um, this week. I met... I I met this kid when I was in. For yeah, the stuff. project Argentina as well as the uh, American continent. That's very important. Yeah, we have to get that because the problem with Argentina is that their gun rights are very tightly controlled. It's not like they have any Second Amendment or they even have any concept of constitutional natural rights. So yeah, we have to like focus on those parts. If we can yeah. get secure, like. Uh, United States or like Canada or like even Mexico or like Argentina. Um, actually, Can be... Canada Next is now out of the would... running. I'm just saying Canada doesn't actually have gun rights anymore. Yep, that's true. But yeah, we if we have like the culture, the culture, if we like amplify the culture of gun rights and Monero, privacy coin, or even gold ownership, like, it will actually shift the Overton window so much in our favor. One of the best things you can possibly do is take um, and sell an item for Monero for a long time. So I'm going to create a store. Like, for example, I would create like a, an online convenience store and sell Doritos. And my Doritos would always cost like 0 0.07 Monero or not 0 .0, like 0 0.007 Monero. And that would that price would stay that way for a year, and then I would change it, or a month, and then I would change it. But prices can't be shifting all the time. Take a price that's lower than lower than the spot price, say the two hundred day average or something like that, and use that price for like three months because then you're going to stabilize the price of an arrow because there's always something you can buy for the price. You know, sure. Wait, yeah, one of the things that fixed that problem on its own, though. Is uh, it, it, like if the larger the basket of currencies or the larger the basket of commodities that the uh, the currency that's appraising them is being measured against, the more stable it becomes. And I don't know if you've noticed, but Monero is primarily valued against the dollar right now but it's used as a supplement for the dollar on the dark market. So you'll notice how its price in dollar terms is becoming ever more fixed because that because it does such high money velocity in dollar-denominated terms, yep, right? Yeah, so, and, and that was one of the reasons why earlier the, the hash power argument, the first time um, that... Uh, the first time that he had mentioned how interesting it would be to use like AWS servers to just mine a whole crap ton of Monero blocks and mine a whole like and stop the mining of Bitcoin or something like that to see how that affects the price is the one variable that our price pegging and commodity pegging question because crypto it's the only place where this question even exists. It's such a new element in the science of well, well, tokenomics. Go ahead. The, the thing is that the price of Monero should ideally depend on the of the cost. Uh, first, the cost of um, mining a block, 
was the demand and I guess body can you explain to you further but uh, that if if everyone is like me uh, putting on the machines are you hearing me yeah 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 uh, that's he's saying it way better than I was trying to but uh, if, if everyone if everyone just uh, has the machines running and has a, a poster of Klaus going down on Christine yeah and throwing darts at it and uh, oh, throwing away like 50 euros per month and just mining the crap out of not caring about the cost if everyone does that then the price is uh, primarily defined by the demand and the speculation i guess um so yeah klaus going down on christine is not an image i needed in my head thank you very much. this man is a, a genius i love it yeah and uh, if you look out that those argentina conferences we will have or even those groups like group meetups we have to amplify the message of privacy coins of the history of money of the use of gold and the lack of like gun rights we have to and we have to dispel like we have to advertise you already, you already made advertisement. that ITP, you already made that point yeah yeah you hammered yeah. that one pretty good there bro <laughs> yeah another thing is we have to make sure like the advertisement is done like in the for the local media groups as well as the political groups like we have to invite them and show them like the current one actually we have to show them that the flaws like, if they want to stay in power because the other side will one day win election or they will try to do like coup or assassination or like, whatever so you have to make sure the culture is there of having like end-to-end -end encrypted apps using dark nets using monero or even like encouragement of using like gun ownership we have to just make sure those kind of talking is happening there so don't stop by until the morale improves. So the the way you do that is you've got to change the way people think about things because thoughts end up leading to action. So you've just got to keep pushing different thoughts for people to uh, think differently. You've the will end up changing. You to, yeah, you have to constantly engage with the culture war and the shifting of the overturn window. Then only let's let's just keep moving, guys. Let's keep moving. Okay, so we have last thing, Roy Daly on Bitcoin and the competition of money. Two, two minutes and I'll be it. Well, the evolution of Bitcoin over the years is one of the things that has um, influenced changes in my view. Um, it has proven itself um, something like 10, 11 years ago. Imagine the programming of this and here you throw it out and that's the idea. It has not been hacked. It has um, um, operated, it is built, it has come an amazing way um, over the 11 years to be um, maybe uh, probably the most exciting topic among a lot of people um, and has been used and is now um, has obtained, you know, the status of having imputed value. At the same time, it is one of those assets that is an alternative money. I think we're entering an era where um, there's going to be a competition of monies um, because of the printing of fiat money um, and the depreciated value. There will be a competition of money, um, and Bitcoin is part of that competition. But the money has two purposes, a medium of exchange and a hold of wealth. Um, and we are looking for uh, 
and it's portable and you can and it's best if it's recognized in other countries um so gold is one of those so i look at it as an alternative gold but i look at a number of things as alternative gold um and i think that and i think and gold is still my favorite because of certain qualities for example um you can't trace it in, in Bitcoin, you can trace who owns it, where it's going, and, and so on. Governments can have that ability to trace it. So a gold piece of coin, it's, it's not connected. I think not connected has benefits, particularly in a world where maybe connections could be more risky. There we go. Ray Dalio. Yep. Yeah, that's it. a good point. The ends the need for untraceability. Yep. I have, I have a question to you guys. Um, this concept of Bitcoin plebs, will there ever be a Monero pleb? Uh, me. <laughs> you all already are. I don't think Yeah, you everybody's a Monero pleb. <laughs> right? Everybody's that, also a Monero they, Bitcoin, they, they need this concept to kind of uh, remind people what it's supposed to be about. I think Monero's kind of done a good job of maintaining that. I think really a better it. name would like Monero Warrior or like Privacy Warrior. I think the whole concept of pleb in Bitcoin, it basically sprung up. They were like trying to be toxically ironic, you know, like agreeing amplify kind of tactics. Like, oh yeah, we're just do ha yeah, we're just done pleb ha And um, it's kind of like it's basically their emotional, tactical, strategic way of of responding to people with criticisms. Um, effectively, they they um, they lost if they ever had it. They they lost or never had the ability to really properly respond to the criticisms, like the genuine technical criticisms and, and conversations that we tried to have with them. And so um, there's this kind of like emotional thing. It's like, oh, if I agree and amplify with it, it it's actually not true because I'm like playing the emotional game. So I'm really a pleb. I'm just pretending to be one. And I know how emotionally strong I am. Like it's a psychological, it's a psychological game that they like fucking play. It's a coping mechanism. <laughs> it's a coping mechanism. No, the, the yeah. sad thing I think is that uh, there will, will always be rich people. There will always be people that are disadvantaged or have not so much. But the thing I don't like about this is that it is a protocol-based play. You should wait to transact. Uh, th that's the joke. Like, why do uh, Bitcoin plebs need to lower their time preference? Because they need to wait to transact. And this is the funny thing. Though insidious. I don't know if I should laugh or if I should cry. Yeah, it's like a coping mechanism for them. And it's actually sad to see them. Guys, no, let's, let's not forget where the word, let's not forget where pleb came from, though. You know, like, let's not forget what pleb originally meant in the first place. Um, I, I don't know how many people even know where the word pleb comes from, but, um, you know, if if you're coming from the position of wanting no rulers in the world, pleb is not a very derogatory thing to start calling people. Freedom or your results good. I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, so in addition to what we're seeing in, in Formosa, in Argentina, in Buenos Aires, um, somebody's been posting uh, adoption, Monero adoption that's taking place in, I believe this is Lebanon. So that's pretty cool. Oh, that's great. In Lebanon, in the capital, in Tripoli, adding adding stores, adding merchants. The um, I assume the, maybe they did a, a Kuno or something. I don't even know. This is well, super cool. The previous presenter uh, that was talking earlier about the session messenger and that thing that they built on top of it. The only 
The only thing I have to disagree with is that they said that you could subscribe for something, say, worth a dollar's worth of an arrow. No, you can subscribe for a dollar's worth of arrow. You can subscribe for Monero. You can subscribe for 0.006 Monero. We don't dollars in this room. <laughs> you know, this, this uh, the fact that these things are taking place in Argentina and Lebanon, I would imagine it's big in Venezuela. We just don't hear about it very much. Cuba. It just goes to show that places where Fiat's grip was the tightest is where it failed the fastest and where Monero gained the most ground. And that ties into the thesis about how something has spooked the power brokers to throw everything they have at the technologies that we are deploying with trying to build parallel economies. Something has freaked these people out. And uh, and, and one of the reasons why having these adversarial conversations about like, okay, well, what happens if they use all their hash power to try to bring it all down at once? Or what happens if they try to, you know, having these adversarial conversations are super important. And I would point out, you know, the Noto project is, I mean, it's a massive, I don't ever want to detract from the fact that this must have been, you know, moving heaven and earth to try to make it happen. And thank you, Doug, for doing that. But the Monero Noto, if successful, would be an excellent groundwork to be laid for then trying to have fully open source firmware mining operations that are plug and play as well, where we can have a huge list of distributed sources and you could even download the latest updates to software and firmware over networks that aren't the clear net, that don't come from GitHub that would allow you to continue automatically updating your mining rig. And I mean, Noto already mines, but I'm saying something that is dedicated toward, you know, preventing that adversarial role from being available or ha and making it easy for people to tinker with it and merge mine, like we discussed earlier. You know, the, having these adversarial conversations technologically would be amazing, but that would also be a good argument for all of these people who are like, well, I have this fiat. How do I on-ramp? Okay. All right. Well, go buy this. Make your wallet. Here's your new light wallet. This is just going to keep adding Monero because the community is now paying you for securitizing the network. So you will just be gaining Monero forever. And you'll be spending yeah, fiat on your, on, your, on your electricity. So you get, you get the miner with fiat and you pay for the the mining with your fiat so that you're making your trading minute your your fiat for monero through through your power yeah and that's why yeah. remember the uh the guy who came up with um with a monero mining by taking power when you overproduce power in your solar grid i forget what that was called um but i i have uh, out at the yard a whole bunch of recycled solar panels and and the idea being trying to get people to you want your own independent grid you can buy these solar panels and have them running full capacity, produce Monero for you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. For Instead of just having this parallel solar grid for emergency, it can be generating Monero for you. You can even use the Monero to replace weak solar panels and so on. There, there are options that we have with our red team hat on as far as marketing to people who are not necessarily tech savvy but are interested in things like prepping, you know? Yeah, also once we have like large quantity of open source hardware, like 
mining boats as well as like open source hardware wallet. Then we will have next, I think next will be like mesh networks as well as off-chain radio communication, like broadcasting Monero transaction through our yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I wanted to make a rant about um, proof of stake. There was this video this week about proof of stake. Um, can I do it? Uh, I'm all about it. We've only been yeah. going for four hours. I mean, what's so, the harm? So the thing is that uh, one thing that was not mentioned is let's say that there are two parameters. One of the parameters is the block propagation. Ah, the block propagation time should not be so much. And let's lower it. Okay, so let's imagine the block propagation time is zero. And then there is the transaction propagation time. So let's make that zero too. And by the way, let's make the signing and however they choose to put the stake algorithm, I, I don't know how they do it. But let's say they want a block time, every node and the staking uh, network wants to have a block time of 10 seconds. How are they going to enforce that in this ideal abstract condition? Every node will ten seconds after being uh, after filling the block of transactions. And my point is, we don't uh, synchronize in consensus by sleeping. This is a war against kleptocratic cabal of demons, and there is only proof of work. That's it. If ah, so then uh, you are simulating time of ten seconds by proof of work. Then what put the premium on some other guy and take the square root no stop it is working it is good turn on your miner waste energy because these data centers that's the most thing they fear is the lack of energy have batteries and second supplies of power and if you burn power for monero that's what i'm curious about if in one year they ban monero through the way of uh, mining of uh, spam blocks how long will we continue to give the other 50% of continuously mining and mining and don't care, just continue mining? You know, uh, I think hopefully it's been long enough where I can't get in trouble for this, but uh, there was a, let's just say a healthcare industry player. Um, and way back in the day when you could still mine Bitcoin with like CPUs, um, there was a certain individual who shall not be named who was using all of the computers in the entire network of this large-scale hospital system um, to mine Bitcoin. And I would point out that if this became an adversarial situation, you might end up with a fight club scenario where uh, like the healthcare industry's CPUs or the, you know, the... Uh, military industrial complex CPUs, people who rent a lot of server space might have a vested interest in allocating large swaths of their computing power as an adversary to the adversary. Um, I, I remain convinced that it probably isn't going to be as simple as one player with all the computing power get, be able to just hurl this immense amount of computing power in one specific direction. I mean, um, the, the adoption you know. is going to come. There will be a hockey stick on transaction volumes. Something is going to happen. It's going to be very interesting. I mean, you're the expert on art of war. I don't think there is an expert at the art of war. We are all we are all practicing. Guys, if anybody if anybody listening to this does not have their Noto pre-order, by the way, 
you're missing out. I mean, the value proposition alone is amazing. Look at this. Anybody who can see the screen right now, I mean, that is a glorious piece of hardware. Just throwing it up there. Yeah, uh, Abdullah is very much interested in trying to expand perhaps into easy plug-and-play miners as well. Uh, I, I like the thinking there. Guys, I want to I bring up um, what we talked about it before, but this Monero tipping, how do we get this going? Would love to get this going on Monero. OBS. Uh, by next week. Well, Doug, I, I with that thing that I sent you, and even if it's not me, I, I, I don't care if it's me. Honestly, it's a lot of time involved, as you already know. But the reason why I did that was because the entire thing was produced using OBS. Um, and I was trying to have something that's entirely free and open source software that was producing content. You got housing now. I think that we could be doing as a favor to you, throwing up shows and start the the tipping process with at least segments of, you know, segments that are happening, get time or whatever. And I also like the idea of unlockable content going live as soon as it is unlocked with, you remember, uh, I don't even remember who it was that was showing us last week when I was out on the beach. Alex and Arca. Alex and Arca. Yeah, like we, we, it would really be awesome to have unlockable content and all of this stuff where, you know, we, like people could basically vote with their Monero what content they want to see. People could vote with their Monero what the next show is going to be about with the tipping process and so on. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I can't speak for everybody else on this channel. Um, and by the way, uh, Rise to Liberty, I would be willing to do something for you too or whoever. I mean, my time is limited, but I'd be more than happy to time and resources into trying to make it a commonplace thing that is being done where even if it's not on this show, you know, um, yeah, like where somebody is at least doing it actively and then maybe Doug is, I mean, you have something that's working now. I would hesitate to say, just start making big changes like, you know, use OBS instead of StreamYard and use all I mean, if you, because if the other thing too is like you're kind of the pillar holding the Monero community's communication together, because otherwise it's going to splinter real quickly. The show is where like everybody goes, you know. So maybe like making that change here first is not necessarily the best idea. Maybe adding people who have already made that change and then slowly working your way towards stuff that other people have made would yeah. be wise. Well, no, I, th I think we should be able to figure out a way to effectively add Monero tipping to this show, given we use StreamYard. Um, it could just be that it's happening on another screen, right? And then we, we just show it live. Um, I, I was thinking about that, Doug. And what about this? Um, there are three cate category categories. There is rants, there is jokes, and then there is poetry, perhaps spoken from a lady. I'm a sucker for female voices. And and then um, after the show is over, we all supply a QR code with a view key and um, people can um, just tip it and we then at the end of the year see who won the championship or something. That's interesting. Yeah, I was, try I was trying to implement uh, Super Chats, right? So you see a comment come in, um, people can comment with, with the tip, making their comment more noticeable. And then, you know, we would display their comments as coming on the show. Just a, you know, traditional Monero Super Chat, which Luke has 
figured out how to implement on OBS. He's been doing it for, for quite some time. Uh, but I'm wondering how we can bring that to this show. I think I think it can be done. I'm not technical enough. But if there's anybody that's interested in trying to get this off the ground and wants to help me. Well, I'm, uh, I'm more welcome to uh, experiment if we need to. Um, I'm always looking to make upgrades or try bigger and better things. So let me know. And also, um, are you, you said that Luke had already gotten the tipping on his show. Yeah, he's using OBS. He created a, he created a way to effectively do this. Um, so it's it's up and running. It's you know it's it's not okay. Okay, okay. I confused people there for a sec. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, Luke uh, Luke Smith. Um, so yeah, anybody that wants to reach out, to yeah, Luke Smith, not Luke Radowski. Yeah. Luke Radowski was part of our news segment, but Luke Smith is uh he he's he kind of made his name as a, a Linux guide guy like but he's also a philosopher who has some honestly his rants are way better than his guides and his guides are good but like mm-hmm. if you've never checked out his channel is it's really all about his philosophy well i i did reach out to uh Clint Russell of Liberty Lock Lockdown uh who also co-hosts with uh Luke Ridkowski and uh they they said that they would be more than interested uh, getting some sort of crypto based tipping going on their show, which I think would be pretty massive because they've they've got a pretty large following, especially over on Rumble. Yeah, that's um, what I'm saying. Let let's get it working on here. I'm gonna try to yeah shit this week, and then once we have something working, and then it's like we, we have a tool that we could share with these other people. Um, so, and to add one more yeah, thing yeah. to the endless list of shit that we all should be doing and never have time for, <laughs> honestly, if you're already talking to Luke Radowski, I think Doug and Luke and yourself and some other people who have shows that have like a long track record of film content and not getting into like infighting and bullshit should have like a super show, you know, a show of yeah. shows oh, all yeah. as yeah. one yeah. show. Yeah, is exactly like just a whole bunch of people who already have shows to, should do like a show of shows that cover the topic of okay. making shows more independent, right? Because all of you guys have the same problem, which is, well, you know, what what happens if you know platform or deplatforming, or what happens if you know like certain things that are already talked about as commonplace are all of a sudden like banned content like what if we all get alex jones right you know it's uh and another good example would be like the health ranger you know or these people who have actually already dealt with the problem and it would be cool to start on like a mainstream platform and then as part of the whole hook of the show after one hour we're gonna move over to this platform and then after one hour we're gonna move over to this platform right and like push the audience to actually follow you across multiple oh, platforms so they get out of their comfort zone, right? And then make it where you can't super chat with Fiat. You have to super chat with Monero. And I'd point out Health Ranger already has built into his platform tipping with Monero. Have him start with the conversation of like, this is this is how he did it. This is how it's been working, right? Like, but there is a really interesting show there, and if you make it a, an event out of it, right? I mean, I'll uh, I mean, I'll throw in some kind of prize or whatever that you can give 
uh, we could have it where like people who have the means to do it we can all like donate a prize to give away to the audience or you know maybe a bunch of us could pull together some monero to uh buy like a prize for every hour segment has like a secret prize where at the beginning of moving to the next platform it's like all right guys this is the prize that's up for grabs any super chat of any amount is you being added to the lottery of getting the prize please don't abuse the system it's supposed to be fun right like it's but people who actually use this like system age are in yeah like a like a fucking you know pbs does those gay ass tote bags or whatever like man purses or but something that's not faggy right like i'll give you the upper receiver of a fucking ar-15 or so okay that probably might not be a good idea but something that doesn't suck right like i would be more than happy to contribute i'm sure everybody on this show would be happy i mean look at look at what happens to kunos on this show Right, like, it's, but we could all kind of like try to work on a super show with everybody involved. Like, this is the prize at this alternative platform. This is the prize at this alternative platform. Right, like, look, and just try to move people across all the alternative platforms. Know how to use them and use the tipping set. But it's all, it's also a trial run. Good, man. Do you think you could get uh, Whitney Webb on your show? That would be lovely. Yeah, love that. Love oh, that. boy. I mean, re- re- that, that's how you turn the overturn window. Like, dog in the team pool on, like, Joe Rogan. Those will be huge audience. We'll get there, guys. We'll get there. So, I, I dropped in the chat um, the Matrix channel for XMR Bazaar. Um, people jump in there if you're interested in what we're building, but also if you want to help out with this tipping thing I want to make, uh, cause conversation is starting to take place there. So anybody that wants to help take this on, please jump in there. I'm going to see what we can do this week. We could actually get something up and running by my next again. If I told you. Yeah, definitely. Somebody needs to reach out to Dan Dix with more clout than me, by the way, he would be like the ideal guest, something like this, but I'll leave that somebody who actually the name out there all right but yeah putting the word out to get this up and running by next week but it wants to help out jump into that matrix channel xm bazaar i put the link in there maybe we can get it up and running by next week i have a lot of a lot of fun ideas we could do with it once we we have it functional as well uh once we have uh monero tipping super chats built into this it'll be a lot of fun things we could do well you yeah, know what i can do we'll do man yeah yeah i think goal is to first get it up and running on our end uh, in a usable way, and then so then we could easily tell other people to do the same. I imagine a lot of these guys are using Streamer too. They might already be using OBS, and in that case, they could just uh, use what Luke, what Luke has implemented. Yeah, I've I've got both, so you know what whatever I need to do. So uh, awesome, man! All right, uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I will definitely uh, jump in that XMR Bizarre Matrix room if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I will. There. Um, any last thoughts, guys? We're we are over four hours. We covered a lot today. We did successfully get our XMR to BTC or BTC to XMR comic swaps going on Samurai. Maybe we'll try again next week. Um, if anybody in the Samurai community wants to help us demo that next week, please please uh, don't hesitate to jump on. You don't have to show your face. Just share your screen and walk us through it, and we could talk about it. OG's atomic swap their fiat for Monero on local Monero. Just saying. (laughs) 
the original Atomic Swap. Um, anybody else? Any last words? Bye, Monero. All right, bye, Monero. Mine, no, Monero, proof of work. Blockchain to do scale. The fastest optic fiber line is 300 terabytes per second. Hit on the ignorant masses until morale improves. All right. All right, everybody. We do these shows every week, Saturday, 11 a.m. Anybody that ever wants to participate, you should know how to do it at this point. Anybody can be a viewer on stage or you could be a special guest for the week. Just hit us up, send us an email or something. You can email us at monerotopiaprotonmail.com. And let me play us out. Hold on. Bye. Later, guys. Thank you for joining us on this week's Monerotopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Monerotopia Telegram group. See you all next week.